0: All right, you ready? I'm going to start the song. Fuck yeah, I'm ready. Shit, man, I was born ready. Hey,
1: Hey. all right. How's it going? Now you can talk. I tell you,
0: I tell you, when uh, we open with that song, Keith, uh, I say to myself, we are so punk rock. We are just garage band punk rock doing our podcast from your apartment that you live in with your girlfriend. Yeah, it's a (laughs) a very detailed description of what this is. I tell you this much. I'll tell you this much this is a nice apartment i like your apartment and i like the building too it's a real solid structure you know Pre, post pre-world war Two. oh yeah yeah this was well i mean that's when they knew how to build something and plus i'm sure back then they're like we got earthquakes we gotta make the building freaking solid yeah you know
1: mm. a lot of old world war Two stank in these walls
0: yeah they, they, they cleaned it up they cleaned it up but it looks good a lot of young yeah, men little.
1: coming home from war just got off the red line yeah picked up a nice little honey here in macarthur park and then and called it a life and then had made love here and immediately had 40s sex immediately had a baby got a job at general motors yeah and probably now, and then and then the black people moved into their neighborhood and ruined it
0: yeah yeah that was it was, it was all their fault you know what I do whenever I think of society's ills and problems, I think of the group that's the least powerful, and I blame them for it. That's actually what I do. When things aren't going well, I, I, I blame them because they're the ones who write our laws. They're the ones who determine how our economy is regulated. You know, poor people of color, the, the ones who control things.
1: The the minorities. <laughs> Can you imagine if you actually thought that way? You talking about the minorities? You know, ex- yeah,
0: minorities. Yeah, exactly.
1: Or the I. That's always like an old person move to me like when you say that like the blacks oh of course yeah but or the, like my the, grandpa used to say italians
0: i say italian
1: still but like sex sarcastically <laughs> exactly you also There's call it grass <laughs> call and
0: sweetly sweetly that's anyway, my name welcome. smoking uh, marijuana because i
1: am smoked dead. i am keith basil this is my podcast with adam Crotius my co-host yes yeah how are you doing here, Keith? doing good I, I always think that to give a fake call sign like a radio station, <laughs> WPI, fuck you, or whatever the fuck. <laughs> I've been reading about radio stations a lot. Yeah, man, that was like a hip thing
0: to be into. You know, I mean, you were like a disc jockey. Yeah, they like in had the a 70s? show called
1: WKRP in it's a, Cincinnati.
0: Absolutely, it's a good show. Yeah, uh, Gary Sandy was in that man. You that was a, actually
1: an early throw. Gordon
0: I was, Jump, before he was doing the the pedophile episode on Different Strokes, Gordon Jump was the manager of WKRP in Cincinnati. His character,
1: no shit. Yes, because of course
0: you know you know Who's the different the main strokes. guy.
1: Who's the main DJ?
0: Oh, it's uh well Venus Flytrap is was um. Was that black? Was he's from Chicago? Black guy from Chicago. What, what the hell is his name? Tim Reed. I think he was part of a comedy duo with, yeah, with uh, Craig
1: T. Nelson. No, or no, he was with a comedy duo with oh, uh, oh, the guy who opened for Sinatra. The guy, yeah, the dude he does a Frank Sinatra impression. Exactly. Fucking Tom Dreeson.
0: Exactly, yeah, exactly. Tom and Tim Reed. And then there was also uh, Howard, was it Howard Hessman? He was like the disc jockey. So party a lot, man. So, an early name, a lot of, of hangover jokes. An you know? early
1: name of this podcast when I changed the name because it's had like four names. Yeah. Uh, WKRP in Chicago was going to be one of them because <laughs> okay. my my initials are Keith Richard Pazel. It's KRP, but it would have yeah. been only for me. Yeah. Nobody knows that show. It would have fallen on total deaf ears. <laughs> if this was 1994 and I had a radio show, that would it would be the just of off the name alone
0: exactly people don't know wkrp
1: you remember really. it or you remember because well, my dad i remember nick at night like i also remember bob newhart and shit
0: <laughs> like like you had to watch it with your old man like old like sitcoms he, it just that was time. on
1: i remember it being one of the shows of his that i liked like one of the few like all right i'll watch this with you wkrp
0: in cincinnati what a oh my god what a uh,
1: 78 to 82 uh i'm trying to get the cast yeah. Gary Sandy. Gary Sandy was in it, yeah. The vice president. Well, Lonnie Anderson was in it, man. And she yep. was a
0: blonde bombshell. And then
1: you have She married Burt Reynolds for crying out loud. Arthur Carlson, the was Gordon Jump.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He, he he's he was the family that ran the like the radio station. They were like, Howard they Hessman, I think, is the guy that yeah, I'm How, talking Howard about. Howard Hessman, yeah. He was Yeah,
1: he's uh, Dr. Johnny Fever. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's true. <laughs> you always need one guy that's going to wear the sunglasses.
0: Yeah, and again, there's a lot of partying jokes. What I call like him being hungover and on the job. Yeah, you know? I remember they had an episode that talked about the because the, the Who. They had the trampling incident in Cincinnati, like in 1979 or 1980. And there was an episode dedicated to it. It was like they were talking about it. You know, it was like a, it was a very sad tone, you know, like they were trying to, you A Who episode? Yeah, because it it, it was talking. Oh, when Keith
1: Moon died or whatever? No, not
0: when Moon died. But when in Cincinnati in 1980 or 79, 79 or 80, it was a Who concert sold out. The crowd was so fired up, they trampled them, killed 11 people. 11 Uh. people died. And, and, and the band didn't know about it until afterwards. And the band was really affected by it. Like that, I, I don't think they told them. until like 11
1: yeah. people died. That's a Cincinnati 70. Right you
0: know? there. Well, yeah. And like, so there was an episode. Life of means more
1: in smaller cities. <laughs> yeah, 11 <no> people <laughs> in Chicago or New York. That wouldn't <laughs> it's make the news. Like, yeah, I know. That would be a cliche. Show's over, folks. <laughs> that was a classic premise. They're like, this is the New York cop busting up. Insert premise. Like yeah. The impression of the New York cop. Yeah. Which was basically like, scram, guys.
0: Get out of here because we, we,
1: I got no time.
0: <laughs> I got to deal with a body.
1: <laughs> yeah. You
0: know, it's just, oh, yeah. I mean, it's.
1: The things they did with New York Cops and comedy. Oh in yeah, the 80s.
0: yeah. That, that was always well. Barney Miller obviously was a cop show based in New York. That, that was the. I mean, the seventies was the golden era of the sitcom. Obviously, the total like high When did Night like Court golden, come out? Night Court was in the uh, mid eighties. That was part of that Thursday night murderous lineup they had. That ended with L.A. Law, but
1: it was. Did it, it start was, with Head of the Class? That no, would be fantastic. Uh, I think
0: it was Cosby actually started it. Cosby started it, and then I think it was. No, 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 no. I'm wrong. It was like Night Court was before Cosby, and then after Cosby was Cheers, and after Cheers was L.A. Law. I mean, it was like a murderer's row. They they dominated Thursday night television, NBC did. And and, and NBC used to be the garbage network in the 70s when I was growing up. They were the bad network. Fred Silverman. NBC was such a shitty network. Well, they had The Tonight Show. The the Tonight Show was one-fifth of their revenue. No shit. It was one fit I mean that fucking was like Johnny the Carson. anchor. That was the anchor of, of the network.
1: I also wonder that. You know? <clears throat> and I'm not slighting like Johnny. I'm uh, not slight cuz I didn't really come up. Yeah. I I don't really remember Johnny Carson. Yeah, that's a I, real
0: difference between you and I. Absolutely. I do
1: cuz I remember when he went away and I remember Jay Leno taking over. But for the yeah. most part Jay Leno is what I remember Ugh. of the Tonight Show. God. But yeah, I it, always Leno's wonder actually funny
0: in that show was I so
1: always wonder though bad. And this is like how they say of like how great Babe Ruth was and like the era he came up in. Yeah. Like if like Barry Bonds is a better baseball player than Babe Ruth. Like I don't give a fuck what you yeah. say.
0: <laughs> yeah. Obviously the athletes now, these are, these are guys who work on it year round. They had to have spring training back in the day cause they had to lose 20 pounds cause they were hitting the prime rib and the baked potatoes. Cause I remember people, season, people revered you know?
1: Johnny so much. And even as a kid, the way they talked about it it's just like yeah you love him but it's because that's all there was oh yeah, oh, yeah. like there and was he, no david letterman competing with him there well, was well, no letterman, L- letterman was after oh Carson. i know the whole yeah, thing he yeah. was supposed to take over yeah. and then leno did and that's why he created the cbs well, show well, letterman was great letterman
0: was so cutting edge he was the conan of my era Def, without a doubt, Letterman was awesome in the '80s. He had like
1: he a weird morning fucking show. Yeah, I remember him
0: having the morning show too, like a CBS
1: or NBC morning, yes, like
0: at 10 a.m. It was him like getting out of bed, you know. For like, well, an and they said it
1: was a lot like the Conan show, like the Letterman morning show was a lot like what Conan ended up doing, yeah. on his morning, on his late night show.
0: Yeah, no, I, I get it, absolutely, but but Letterman was it was a much kind of edgier comedy, and Carson liked okay, we'll Letterman. This.
1: we of had the parent, we had the Parent Trap on the the. Remake of The Parent Trap. Here's Swayze in a cowboy hat. It's not Swayze. That's or like, no, uh, Grant, Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Quaid's got a weird career, man. Well, his brother's insane. Yeah. Randy Quaid. He his thinks- brother has
0: a more interesting movie career than him, man. His brother was in The Last Detail. That was his first movie. Yeah, in and the vacation
1: movies. And he thinks there's a mafia trying to kill all actors. <laughs> like he calls them the star killers or whatever the fuck. He's probably teaming with Corey Haim. <laughs> Or Corey Feldman. Well, Co- C- I'm not mixing Corey up fame, yeah. all day. Corey Fame. Yeah, that would be like if I was a if I was a hair rocker.
0: <laughs> Corey Fame. <laughs> no, Corey Fame. I remember. I was. I I remember the Coreys, but I was like 17 or 18, so I was a little bit too old for it to really get totally caught up in it. But I remember not liking it, you know. And I think the reason why, and this is a reveal, I wanted girls to like me that much. <laughs> When I, I wanted to be like, what am I, the Beatles or something? Give me a break. Who would want that, actually? That would be terrible. Speaking of which, speaking of uber famous people, what do you think about Jordan's documentary so far? What do you think about oh, that?
1: Oh, I'm into it. I like it a lot. Yeah. and It's making me like... It after is it, such a
0: stroke fest, though. For, but go ahead. Oh, go
1: after ahead. it's done, I'll Google 90s Bulls games. Yeah. You can just watch the games. Yeah. entire They have random... Like, they have the first game he came back... In 95, I think. Yeah, 95. Late 95. Yeah. Mid-season 95, they played the Pacers. And then they have his first home game in number 45. They have like random games from 92, like regular season games from 1992
0: and shit. Yeah, no, I, I remember that's when I first moved to Chicago and I was working at the Great Ace on Clybourne. Selling furniture, making six twenty five an Dude, hour. Dude, all
1: those furniture stores in Chicago were—I swear to God—Ukrainian mob fronts. Of course, you know. Yeah, I, I
0: was same I remember,
1: couch from nineteen eighty five. I did not. I did not.
0: <laughs> I couldn't get a job. So I had to do that, and then live in my in my then girlfriend, soon to become ex girlfriend's brother's Rip. closet. Exactly, bring her up. And, and then I had, I had to take the subway or the the red line from Evanston down to uh, down to Fullerton, and then walk over to Webster Place. I, I, I commuted for that job, man. Six dollars and twenty five cents. I saved twelve hundred dollars, and that was enough money to pay
1: for one month's security deposit, first month's rent, and move out. That, I think that's what LA's made me grateful for, though, is like the longest train ride, the longest work commute in Chicago uh, via train is nothing compared to L.A. Because L.A. It's like so, the pre-planning yeah. you have to do to move around out here yeah. is insane where I will. I'm so kind of one thing I kick myself is I used to not do as much as many spots as I could because I would just be like, I don't want to take the red line all the way up to the yeah. fucking pressure cafe. Yeah and do, like, just to do a set. Yeah. But looking back on it, 25 minutes on the red line isn't that bad. Yeah. But, like, when I lived in Chicago, it was just like, I got to ride 30 minutes on the fucking red line all the way up north. Well, Get robbed by a fucking Armenian cab driver. And also, it was going to be
0: winter. You got to be outside on an L platform waiting for 8 to 12 minutes. Yeah. I mean, when I think of the Belmont L platform, which, obviously, that was the main transfer point of the north side, it was like, I remember. I'm when, talking
1: Howard. Like, yeah, I to go to Howard. Yes. When the languages at the restaurants change. Yeah. The signs. Uh, yeah,
0: absolutely. No, absolutely. I remember. Obviously, I think I told the story before on the podcast. When I first moved to Chicago in '92, and that summer I was going down to work. I just started. Maybe i had been there for two weeks. Coming in like my first paycheck for like I don't know 350 bucks or something, you know. So I was like, okay, I got a little bit of money, and and the power went out on the Red Line going north, and I had to get off at the Lawrence stop. And it was a blackout at the Lawrence stop in 1992. I mean, it's the heart of uptown, and I was like, okay, well, I'll just I'll get off the subway and then I can just wait. I can just wait behind the gate, <laughs> behind the turnstiles, and they're going to send buses down to go up to Evanston. They're going to send four buses down, but but it was going to be like a half an hour. I was like, okay, well, I can wait. And they were like, no, no, you can't wait. But you got to go outside and wait on the street. And it was like literally, Keith. It was like packs of hyenas <laughs> were like running around the streets like, ah, ah, like weird laughter and like high pitch, loud, low, low, ah, ah, like it was packs of hyenas had come and let out. It was amazing. It was All bizarre. Right. Nice. I was scared. I, I was scared. scared. Absolutely. As a white scared. person,
1: I was scared. Well, no, I'll it, admit it. was,
0: it was not, it, it was pitch black. It was pitch black, dude. And you could have gotten rolled so fucking easy. That's so a great term. easy. That's a know? great
1: term for Rob.
0: You can roll. Could have got I, rolled, man. Absolutely. I mean, I got rolled. I've talked about I I've been rolled once. You've been rolled? I have been rolled. I actually, I'm kinda glad I got Sounds rolled. Sounds like something sexual. In this I've, I've been rolled. You roll? But I, I roll. I was well, rolling, man. That's what it was
1: when you I was rolling when you were just stains in your dad's <laughs> drawers, man. Do you know I've never
0: taken ecstasy in my entire life?
1: I never what the had. fuck does that have to do with anything because what's what rolling was oh yeah yeah you're
0: right Good you're rolling man that was that was what it was called rolling but i i, I got rolled in uh in wicker park but uh anyway so where is this episode going
1: like? well that's uh, what i was gonna say we're channel surfing we're okay. about 15 and we're, we're doing good good uh i'm gonna ch- we're channel surfing i figure we'll go we'll Channel surf to the break. Sure. And then we'll decide. We were talking and about and then it. after the break, we'll we'll do a full hour of commentary like sure. we normally do. I like the format. We're we're figuring out the yeah. format. That's important. You gotta have a
0: good format. Absolutely. And that's gotta work. That's gotta be the backbone of it. What did you watch this week?
1: That could that's also that could be pre channel surf talk. What? what did you watch this week, Crow? And,
0: well, and that's the reason why I wanted to talk about we were talking about Jordan's Jordan's documentary. That's, well, that's we every Sunday. That. But but that was a uh, uh, what It is a total stroke fest of Jordan, though. Oh, when it, 100%. When a- when Andrea Kramer is like your he, sort of media foil, it's like, oh, God, she's such a she is a lightweight. I mean, she is a featherweight. He definitely you know?
1: controlled the narrative of oh, it.
0: Yeah, you know. I will say, it's good to see him say fuck a few times, though. I didn't mind hearing That's that.
1: That's one thing I do like about it, is they're loosening up language for... Yeah, yep. They're going to realize after this, what however many seven weeks or whatever, because they play two episodes, it's 10 parts. Yep. No kids aren't are, are going to be uncorrupted. Everyone's going to be fine. Yeah. No one will have died because yeah. that you they heard fuck on yeah. television. I think this will really be a push forward of all television just being after after yeah. eight p.m. All television is uncensored. Yeah. Like you don't all if you're a good parent, your child is in their room.
0: Well, here's the thing about it: when you hear that language in the, uh, on on television. I think it's fine if you're young, a kid, and you hear swearing, as long as it's not at you. Well, when it's directed at you. It doesn't matter
1: what they see on TV, they can whip their phone out and literally watch porn.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
1: And there's no way to block it. You could put child shit on it, but they could just turn it off.
0: Yeah. God, the the exposure to that. I, remember, oh. I mean, it, it's like, I didn't grow up with it's that the at, one all, thing at all. I didn't grow up
1: with it. I bet you, and I don't know this for sure, but like... I've made up for my it. My little cousin and his friends, I guarantee you, when they were eight years old and got their phones, the first thing they did was, look, was look at, or just boobs or something. Yeah. The first little yeah. joke they played is, hey, man, look at... Yeah. It's just, what, it's just what happens. I mean... I remember, it's just what you have to deal with as a parent. Your kid is looking <laughs> at tits.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I remember like... <laughs> I remember there was a Tom Green when Tom Green had his bizarre comeback because Tom
1: Green at he had one cancer.
0: time had a little career when he was like when he mar- survived
1: cancer yeah
0: and when he was married to Drew Barrymore for like whatever seven months or whatever the fuck it was
1: I love how I keep freezing on this North Korea documentary we're gonna and, start uh, at channel Two, like men is that Michael Palin? yeah
0: man he is old
1: now man Nail Palin nailing Palin with Michael Palin
0: but no it, it is uh, uh, we were going off about the Jordan documentary it, it, it's I mean again I just remember a lot of it. I also realize my memory for certain things is like clad iron. Like I remember all these different but it's just kind of interesting to hear the you know the sort of the uh yeah. the refresher of it and having a 20 year perspective on it now and reflecting back on it because as far as dynasties go in sports history it's certainly one of the greatest like a, as a stretch of time Definitely one of the most. Doubt- they never lost in a,
1: an NBA finals. Yeah, there were six and out. Oh. Also, crotius During the you know? break, we can look on my streaming shit, and we could. They put cool stuff on like Netflix and Hulu. But cool. We'll, we'll go through this first. That's cool. A mother knows worst. A lifetime. Is it a lifetime movie? A mother knows. Six one. months after losing her newborn, a woman who wants to start a family becomes increasingly obsessed with a glamorous mother and her baby, and her bebe.
0: Yeah. Well, you know.
1: Yeah. God. But also, I was gonna say with the Johnny Carson thing, bringing it back to Carson. Yeah. I just feel like, and he was great. Like he he took that show off. I've read well, all he about it. Was like, like the, the modern
0: talk show is him. That
1: he was still of the era though, where no one wanted to threaten him. Nowadays, if Johnny Carson existed, the first comic that got famous, or like the first time someone realizes, oh, this person has a good rep art, He's good at this. They would immediately try and give him another show. Like back then, I felt it was more taboo to like, hey, Richard Pryor, you like Johnny Carson gave you your yeah. career. Do you want to do your own show? Yeah. Like there was more loyalty back then. Like I feel like people's loyalty to Johnny Car- Carson kept them yeah. from being competitors. Interesting.
0: Interesting to say that. That's why Letterman's career is kind of interesting. I think, is Letterman was obviously out here and he was hosting a lot of the Comedy Store, right? And then he uh, these sort are of retreaded stories. But the point is. Uh, Carson took a shine to him. You know, he liked him when he was on a show. He did stand up on a show several times. Well, that was I think also he liked like his midwestern kind of uh, outlook. The Tonight know, kind of Show of sense, coming out
1: here was a big turning point for the Comedy Store too, because yeah, when the Tonight Show came out here, the Comedy Store literally became just where you are. Like they said back then, yep. every time you went on stage, you were auditioning for the Tonight Show. Yeah. It's just where they came.
0: I mean, it, it's also like uh, <laughs> think of what it, it, dude. It, it would have just been free range then. Compared to now,
1: well, and there was like twelve comics. Exactly, one of them was Sammy (laughs) Shore. So,
0: no, I just remember when I first started doing stand-up about I said about this doing post eighties boom. Jay Leno, I was sleeping out in the alley. There were fifty comics in Chicago, and there were two open mics a week. You knew everyone, you know. But that's that's all I knew. You know that 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 was that was my entree into it. You know, it was such a oh god. When I look back on it, I don't know if it was a good decision or not. (laughs) I think I had to do it no matter
1: what it depresses I mean, I got me how much of- how they've replaced everything with infomercials there's no yeah. like weekends sy- like syndicated television used to be the shit you had Andromeda Hercules yeah. Xena oh yeah Star Trek Deep Space Nine yeah like there was so much so many random bullshit shows like I feel like instead of just giving up on shows just put them on randomly just yeah put there just put them on yeah yeah, why they're not? They're going to fail anyway. Yeah,
0: put a show on from 93. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. You know? We got Aaron Brockovich. I think you make a good point though, Keith, about, about the swearing uh, on television, if that's something that changes gonna be as fine. a result. Because it's also, again, I said it before, you're going to hear swearing. They're going to they're gonna have access to it. It's swearing at them. It's that malice or that bad intent or hatred or meanness. Don't swear at your kids. Don't do that. You can swear around them. They're going to hear it, you know? I used to curse like a longshoreman in college. I cursed nice. a lot.
1: I cursed. I started cursing real bad in fourth grade. I got in trouble for it. We were playing football, yeah, and I was saying fuck everywhere, and someone ratted me out. And the recess lady came in and like the for like a twenty minute talk about language, and I had to like in front of everybody admit it was me, and I had to say what I said. Ooh. But they were like it. Like I was embarrassed. I was like, yeah, I said fuck. I said fuck. I said bitch. I said this, whatever. Yeah. Yeah,
0: God, God, who gives like a fuck? Like shaming people. Ooh,
1: I remember God. they told my mom. They called my mom, and like when I came home, she was just like, "Ah, like don't do it again." But just yeah. like whatever. Yeah,
0: she was. She wasn't all pissed. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, my mom uh, washed. I remember my washed dad washed my mouth out with soap. Oh,
1: I remember my dad told me. He said, "God, I don't." He goes, "I don't care if you." He was like, "I don't care if you cuss. Just don't ride your bike down the street telling people to go fuck themselves." <laughs> and we're fine and yeah. that was always the deal we had
0: well that because the kid who did that w- w- that was a future juvenile delinquent like you're actually yeah. engaging in like yeah because there are kids who did that when i think of my neighbor i grew up like in townhomes and stuff uh, you know and it was like you know it was basically poor we're well, not poor but you know lower middle class white america i guess maybe maybe middle class my father had a decent enough job but my parents had split up
1: here we go. Your 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 nemesis, just, timeless Dodgers, uh, but they usually just play shit from twenty ten. This is what's wild, Crow. Yeah, is you don't have to worry anymore because the nineteen eighty eight season, that's Dodgers historical shit.
0: Yeah, like yeah, they, they, yeah they're not gonna
1: timeless Dodgers is like two thousand and five fucking <laughs> Carlos Baerga later years fucking shit <laughs> like Raul Mondesi yeah and stuff like that yeah. 1998 yeah. Dodgers. That's yeah. like timeless Dodgers now. That's crazy. Because when, when I when I was a kid,
0: it was the Dodgers and this the is Yankees.
1: Kershaw no-hitter from 14. This is seven years ago.
0: Yeah. No, yeah this was a... Uh,
1: Clayton Kershaw's a veteran.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's that crazy. That just caught up
1: with me right now. Yeah. I always still look at Clayton Kershaw like a young buck.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But He's been in the league for... Like over, 10 years. Yeah. So like a decade or maybe 12 years. Yeah. It... uh they were the best teams, the Yankees and the Dodgers. They were the best teams, and then and then the Phillies and Royals were all because that that was when there was four divisions. I I grew up in the era of four divisions. That like them splitting up the American and National League was like a big deal. You know, I mean, they were so wedded to their old history. Well. You know? They had, a, they had to <clears throat> up the game a little.
1: Well, bit. Well, they kind of joined them, didn't they? Because then it used to be two separate. The American and National League used to be two separate exactly. organizations. Yeah, it
0: was. They were different, and they and the free agency definitely affected that too. And then they split it up into two divisions. Like truly, the All Star Game meant something yeah. back in the fifties and sixties. I think you know, whereas and up into the seventies, but that was a that was a throwback to the old era because a free agency changed everything. Because now they're Players like going from an American League to National League would have that, that was unheard of because now it a it's like
1: uh your own they are the nat. they're like conferences almost like they don't have any like the mlb runs yeah. everything yeah and that's not how it used to be i almost wish they go back to how it used to be just two leagues America, two separate a- like just yeah have two separate commissioners two set and they're all under the umbrella of mlb <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's such a stagio. Old- I was thinking about that today too. Just again, there are obviously a lot of Latin players, which is a good thing, because it used to be twenty five percent black the league when I was growing up. Wasn't Venezuela the
1: like tipping point?
0: Well, it's, I think the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers were. She's reading them. a book about Dodger Stadium about how it's like. Oh, it's oh, and they just wiped out a Mexican neighborhood. They just. And, and and you know something, uh, there's something called the Uniform Relocation Act right now. When there's actually public money and, and you have to move someone out of their house, you have to give them money of equal value of their place and help them find it. That didn't exist back then. It was like you are scattering. So right. the Dodgers, were, I think, were hated by uh, a. Oh, for, until Velasquez. Until Velasquez. That's
1: one. Yeah, and, and there's even which is still, a smart move. Which is a even, smart move. And even still, a lot of those old. Uh, Mexican people are angel yeah. fans, yeah. A lot of angel fans, yep, out here. Interesting, yep, yeah,
0: yeah. It is, god, I haven't been to a baseball game. The Rams used to years. play
1: in the stadium, Yeah, absolutely, in the 90s. That's what I remember in the 80s, in the 80s, until too, right? they
0: left until yeah, until 94, yeah, yeah, because they moved, they moved, they moved from uh, they used to play in the Coliseum when I was a kid in the late 70s, and then they moved to Anaheim because that's where Orange County is, at. they wanted to make more money. But they didn't have many. F- they used to draw like twenty-five thousand people a game. I remember the times when football didn't sell out. You know how crazy is that? It's it's, it's so it, like like attendance at, at sporting. Oh, events dude, now is yeah, so the Rams were flailing.
1: Now. Well, the Raiders yeah. really took hold out here when they came.
0: I think there was. I think th- th- that was part of that. Yeah, that was because rap mad.
1: embraced the Raiders because they were also, gangster dog.
0: It, you know, th- this is not a football. C- this is a basketball city and a baseball city. It- it's not really a football city. You know, it, it, it's, I think there's something about the climate, or I don't, it's just not, I mean, I'm not right. saying there's not good football here. It's obviously great football. If some of the best players in the, in the Even league the come Chargers
1: out of here. are good, like people shit yeah. on the Chargers, but like the Chargers are dope.
0: That That's actually the team that's going to give the Chiefs the most problems. Oh, the schedule was released this week. We'll see if they play. <laughs>
1: right. Or in front of fans. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be in front of fans. I,
0: I think it's literally going to be an empty sta- or like a very small amount of yeah. fans, like 500 in the stadium or something, you know, like, and
1: it'll just be at which is going to affect shit. Yeah. The emotion of the players game. across the board are going to do well. That wouldn't normally do well because yeah. that's a big mental thing. It would be yeah. like even one of the Chargers guys said like it would be like scrimmaging. It would be like live of yeah. practices. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, it, 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 the excitement, the emotion. It, it might be dull, you know,
1: I don't think they're for it. I think uh, uh, the yeah. TV networks in the league don't want it. You got to have fans. Yeah. I would rather there be no football.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you say that. If there was no football, that that'd be a big deal, man. But I I, I don't think it's going to happen. Well, because the NFL is going to
1: start when the kick when the re kick of Corona is. Well,
0: exactly. It's going to be <laughs> these are you know these are mathematical studies. You cannot argue with the numbers. But people don't want their life affected, man. You know, that it just shows we're governed by our emotions, obviously. Yeah. And that's what, it's not a rational thought. And... You know, I get it. They're gonna to have to eventually open some shit up. I mean, it's just major.
1: Holy shit! Here we go. We got uh, 0-1, 01, no. Nebraska versus Colorado. This is
0: when Nebraska was a true. Fo- this was the end of their dynasty. Like Colorado was
1: destroying them. Something tells me they come back though. This is Eric Crouch, fucking Nebraska. Well, this
0: is yeah. Oh one. I mean, this is when they, they played the national championship game this year and got smoked by Miami of Florida. Got smoked. Yeah, Nebraska was great. From like ninety, well, they were great when I was a kid, but they didn't win the championship until Tommy Frazier in the mid nineties. Those teams were, those teams were good though. They were good. And when they beat Florida in the Fiesta Bowl, like yeah. seventy two to twenty four or something, it was incredible. Yeah, I, I I've been to a game in
1: this stadium. I I went to a Wisconsin Colorado game in nineteen ninety four. College baseball is not. They're doing doing it live because nobody goes to watch college baseball. <laughs> yeah, I know. At all. <laughs> I always it's always interesting to me when you when like the Super Bowl's on, I always turn on like the local high school sports shit and there will be like live conference volleyball tournaments happening. And I always feel bad where I'm like, oh, that dad has to miss the Super Bowl because his daughter's playing volleyball in, like, (laughs) some bullshit Big Ten tournament. Like, oh, that sucks.
0: It's a hilarious projection. Not that you want to see his daughter who he loves. No, I I want to actually... (laughs) No, you're getting in the way of my Super Bowl watching. Not, like, pissed, but he's
1: just kind of like, oh. I got to do that, yeah. Like, it's over. He's just like, can we bounce? (laughs) still the fourth quarter even the players are probably just like why are we playing during the super bowl (laughs) this is not this is not a good uh show for college volleyball yeah
0: yeah no kidding yeah there's always don't have your
1: conference tournament during the super bowl yeah
0: yeah i said well there's only two days of the year where there's not a sporting event not now obviously the herschel there's herschel put on Herschel. oh
1: that's uh where
0: here we go Uh, uh, yeah oh oh, oh, these It's it's the commercial
1: Oh yeah, uh, Herschel was. Oh, yeah, this was, is just a fucking Gatorade commercial or whatever the fuck. Yep. It's a, oh no, this might be an SEC commercial because <sighs> this is the SEC
0: network. Yeah, Herschel and Bo Jackson were amazing. Herschel Walker was amazing in college. I remember seeing him play when I was eleven, his freshman year. The guy's still an MMA fighter. I mean, he's a lunatic. Yeah, but this guy's like, like fifty nine. He's got to be juicing. I, I, There's I, no fucking way. I, I honestly think this. This is Keith. This is the truth. He has never drank alcohol and has worked out religiously for like 40 some odd straight years, like like 50 years. Like he just made the choice. He was going to make himself just as freakishly right. strong human being and use that to be a to monster. Make... I, I guess he's also an incredibly successful businessman. He, he owns a, a, a frozen food, a frozen vegetable processing plant in Georgia that employs 1200 people. And See, he that's what you have it. to do. It's the people like who try it. and
1: it's the people who try and break barriers with their inventions. You gotta oh, yeah. just get a, free, just yeah. buy a buy a factory that freezes peas, and, and distributes and, them to Ralph's. And, and you can you can learn that and business you'll make model. Millions. Yeah, you
0: can learn that business. You're gonna it's gonna always be in need. It's a need now. You know for the food. I mean, co- like food companies gotta be making. Are they making money right now?
1: You are gonna work at my Your butcher shops when I quit comedy and open a butcher shop?
0: I oh, yeah, You know. Oh, this is Halloween. The, the original. Yes. Yes, this is a good one. We got we got Halloween, the original, on right it's on now for People, another hour. Can we can we can, we, can we put in the? Is it Sanctum Man? Yeah. Laurie strode. I saw the boogeyman. <laughs> I saw him outside. There was nobody outside. That's there just the neighbor. He the watches boogeyman. me undress. The '70s horror. The this was hu- this movie was
1: huge. We're not anywhere. Was it? Yes. The boogeyman can only come out at well, night, right? I, how big? This is what oh, yeah. I wanted to ask too, because oh, yeah. I watched. I he, watched. He, he, he may. I'm oh, sorry. I don't know. I watched uh, the Friday the 13th part, all of part one and almost all of part two. So bad. But like those movies were popular when they came out. Absolutely.
0: They were huge. Kevin Bacon is in the original Friday the 13th.
1: Like even. Oh, yeah. It's his first movie. I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's the first degree well, of, of Kevin is, Bacon.
0: Well, I think his first one was actually Animal House.
1: Was but, that his first yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, but
0: I think it was like his second movie was uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Did a horror movie because he had to make. I'm sure he because people make fun of, of people make something. fun
1: of all that shit and they are cheesy. But like these were classic like smash hits.
0: Oh, absolutely. Oh. Halloween, I think, cost three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and it made fifty million dollars.
1: Friday the Thirteenth Part Two cost a million, and it made twenty one million, and it was, they were still disappointed. They were because it wasn't as much. The first one made like fifty million, yeah, well, or something it, like that.
0: It, it that was truly like the slasher genre. The thing that was unique about that was they really showed the gore. They really showed the blood. That 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 was that like, that was kind of their first to do that. You know, the slasher genre. Friday the 13th is definitely in that category. What it's turned into is such a hilarious franchise. like Jason in
1: space and shit. Jason well, and takes you Manhattan. He when, goes to the Manhattan one time. <laughs> oh, I love Jason. goes take Jason takes Manhattan. Man, <laughs> was that like uh, 1988 or something or 87? 89. <laughs> That's my favorite Friday the 13th. That's hilarious. I like the Jaws 4s of the, of oh, the well, crew. J-
0: Jaws 4 is terrible. You know Jaws is a, is a masterpiece, so... But yeah, this, this movie, I think it was 350 and it made it forty to fifty million dollars. I think it cost three hundred and fifty thousand, maybe between forty and fifty million. Do you know what the the, the good the underrated horror movie of this era, because people will talk about oh what's the great seventies horror? Oh The Exorcist, oh Halloween. They 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 throw in the shining, even though that was nineteen eighty. But what was a very good horror movie Fantasma. of that time? uh that's actually an underrated one yeah. but uh, but carrie with sissy spacek uh, is actually under because de palma directed it i mean it's dated but you know something her, her mom and that was nominated she's for the an only Oscar. scary part of it she, she's like you're you're a lunatic I, you the know?
1: idea also a movie i find lame that my dad loved is fire oh with fucking I, Drew I just Barrymore. watched that today that movie stinks <laughs>
0: I just watched it the last 15 minutes, and I was like, this is bizarre. George, I mean, the cast was huge. They had George C. Scott. Martin Sheen was in it. Uh, oh, The guy Moses, the African-American oh, actor. Oh, man, was in like my a,
1: daughter causes fires. Like
0: it, it's, <laughs> uh, Keith David, you know, who was like an officer and a gentleman. He Heather Locklear was in it. It had a freaking cast. Art Carney was in it. Art Carney. You know, this is like a, you know, a known comedic actor. Sometimes, from uh, sometimes your daughter murders.
1: just starts fire with her eyes. You
0: know? That's
2: the way it is with kids
0: today. You know? Hello, Larry. Yeah, but Halloween, this will be a good one to watch. That, 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 that was a, I mean, I couldn't want, like, I was so freaked out by horror movies. Like, like this era, scared me. Oh, I mean, I was excited I liked by that. The
1: Howlings, but not the first one. <laughs> yeah, the Howlings. The one was with kind of E.T.'s in T's mom in it. The lady that played Hope Elliot's Lang. mom in E.T. She was Lang. in it the first Howling. Yeah, God. Yeah, she yeah she was an ET big group sex scene in that movie though. Yeah, well which it, I enjoyed as a child. Well, that's like, but that's what a horror movie was back then too.
0: It was titillating. I could show. I breasts. was thinking that when you we know. were
1: watching Friday the Thirteenth because I loved these movies as a kid. Yeah, and I was doing dishes and I was thinking like truly why like I was trying to parcel why I loved these movies hundred percent because of boobs.
0: Yes. I mean, they would show breasts, and it was like, you didn't have access to porn back then. No.
1: You, you, you didn't even have
0: video. You had reel-to-reel. I know because my brother's best friend the in stag high school- The stack films. My, my brother's best friend in high school, his old man was worked for the Vice Squad in, in our stag town. You watched films, bro. He had a stack. He had like 50 of these movies in a fucking brown bag that, of course, his son found. And so my brother and his friends were like, 16 years old, set up a fucking projector in, in the basement of my house. They put a fucking, you know, put put a sheet on a wall and watch stag films. They're like, Adam, get down here. It's like, what do you mean? I'm like 11 years old, getting exposed to it. It was a violation. I'll be honest with you. It was like, because it was so overwhelming to see naked women. It was just like an emotion. It was like, I mean, it just blew i mean you know you know when you like women you know what i mean you, you know it you
1: know and it was just like oh my god Crow's is just jumping to conclusions <laughs> on his friends bro come watch this with us i don't want to blow you guys and they're just like whoa dude <laughs> but they were we didn't dirty. say anything these about were, blowing us these were like dirty hippie stag films oh harry know? bush and all that yeah but, but i never i never was into porn see me and my really, friends used truth. to watch porn together but it was literally to make fun of it like no yeah. no one of our friends would like occasionally be like i'm gonna go to the bathroom and we'd be like dude you're disgusting (laughs) like we would just watch it to watch the shitty acting and stuff yeah
0: laying on your stomach because you had a big bone (laughs) there was this one
1: where this lady would she started it out and for some reason she's just talking to the camera like like hot old ladies do not she was like a younger lady yeah but she was talking about like my gardener jonathan's coming over here or the water guy she delivers water yeah and he's so sexy and I'm going to make a move on him. And he's so, he's buff, but he's so, like, dorky. And she, like, seduces him. And he's just like, ah. like, he's so fucking unrealistically shy. <laughs> and then she's just like, oh, he puts the fucking jug mm-hmm. on the water cooler. And she takes a jug of water. And she's just like, oh, it cools me right off. And she, like, pours water on his tits. And he's yeah. just like, yeah, me too. <laughs> and then she basically has to, like. Stick her bush in his face. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, once he realizes sex is going down, he picks her up, puts her on his shoulders and like all of a sudden becomes like this fucking sex (laughs) man.
0: She's like freed him from his repression.
1: But even to this day, like when I see my friends, I'll go, Jonathan, and they'll start (laughs) laughing.
0: Yeah. Well, I certainly made up for it because I also my mom had guilted me so much. this is the truth Keith I think I'm a repressed heterosexual because it's just because my mom you think you
1: should be freaked out but like you should be you should like choking women and stuff but your mom no no no
0: it wasn't that it wasn't that the violence but my mom literally was like all of it's filthy no it's
1: not it's just not people having sex see that's where the break in second to third wave feminism because yes a dude like Goodrich Gavart Goodrich Gavart and I've heard this through knowing women Mm. that have bedded him down yeah that is wild likes likes aggressive like creative athletic sex like they've all been like oh he's so good yeah and he said i asked him about it one day and he said he was like dude my mom was a huge feminist and had all of this feminist literature around the house about like where the clit is and like yeah he was like so that's just like i just grew he t- he up took knowing about that direction all that. you see that's... so like that's where like people the generation after your mom were very like no this is like, get into sex make women come like that's like how he was raised yeah yeah
0: interesting you and know. your mom
1: would probably not be um, down with that no
0: not at all it, the the sex object thing was a real like <laughs> You know, I mean at the same What's interesting about that too that I find that to be a dichotomy Because you have that freak stuff in the sack But then of course out in public back in the day Women would get their asses grabbed all the Dude, time One time you know? he started
1: all this shit about a comic About like he was problematic And I didn't put this on Facebook But he was like he's aggressive and problematic And I just go this coming from a guy Who likes to choke women when he has <laughs> sex with them
0: Yeah, I've never been more I, I like it kind of a you know, a little
1: soft. I get, it. I get you're getting, <laughs> I get you're getting consent, but you yeah. still like choking women while you fuck. <laughs> no, that's not
0: my. That's been, I tell you what, this was a, this is turning into a weird sex story now. I'm going to reveal this one. This was a, a, a you know, when I, uh, it, it was my rebound relationship, getting out of a relationship after the rip. And, no, it was someone different, and, and it was like it was a woman I, I had this kind of email relationship with for a while, who I reached out to again after this ended, and we hooked up, and she ended it almost right away like I was thinking this hey this is a good thing she ended it immediately the first time we had sex I fucking love this movie dude the, Troy the first time we had sex she was literally like all of a sudden she started to like like punch me i mean i mean like there you go full on punch this me this is how you know this is how
1: you know crows you know? embarrassed he's whispering
0: but it, but it was like she's full on punching me like punching and, me. and i mean like in the chest in the face hitting me in the gut like grabbing hold of my hit me in the man taint that's like, when this no is means like, no dude I, I mean i'm but no 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 i'm telling you she was trying to get me fired up like it was like she was a, a she
1: was doing that that's what i'm saying but you know? as the person being assaulted but but i was like i i, I was a little weird to me
0: it was pretty aggressive.
1: Crocious, so kind of I don't know how, how to off. tell you this. What? You
0: got raped. You know, I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I still did my thing. You know, is that Rose Byrne? Is she in this? I don't
1: know, man. Is that is that her? No, no it can't be her. This is from fucking 2004. Four, yeah, it's this four is a great time. movie. This was one of like five movies that me and my sister would get baked as fuck and just watch Troy. <laughs> I, I've never seen it. I've never seen it. this go. Oh. uh Fucking snatch <laughs> the sublime behind the music. Yeah. And I think what was one other one? Oh, uh, Requiem for a Dream.
0: Requiem for a Dream? The movie's Honestly, a drag. Uh, honest to God Requiem. You think of a horror movie? That's a fucking horror movie.
1: Well, the uh, title's called Requiem for a Dream. It they, is, they they uh, kind of if you think about it in a yeah. deep way, they kind of let you know that like everything's gonna end bad for all these characters. Yeah, oh absolutely. Like the title yeah. means like Yeah. yeah. A possible dream yeah. like the, like oh. the the reverse of a dream yeah
0: yeah in other words it's a fucking nightmare yeah, yeah it truly wasn't that movie is nightmarish it's it's ooh, it Astrovsky, man that guy aronofsky knew, or whatever yeah he, i mean he knew i mean he, he did the it, wrestler you know he did the pie str- was the yeah pie. Movie, i think you know didn't he do the, the noah's ark movie too you know he did the fountain yeah.
1: So, it, but but man, that's where he met his wife, requiem Rachel. For, Rachel Weiss.
0: Uh A uh, requiem for a dream. I remember seeing that and being like, it it, it felt dirty afterwards. Like it, I mean, it was it emotionally affected. I tell me.
1: people, I go, it's it's emotionally draining. It's a great it, movie, but it's a movie you watch once a year.
0: Yeah. Well, he did Black Swan too. You know. Mm-hmm. So it, I mean, which has that kind of similar feel to it. He definitely catches like the psychological element of like modern day anxiety pretty fucking well. You know. Yeah, he's Here pretty go. good. I mispronounced it. Is this
1: like one of the first murders? Has yeah, he murked yeah. anybody yet?
0: Well, I don't think so. It's all been build up. But yeah, he's going to start doing his, yeah. It's it's during sex. Oh, yeah. She, uh. He, he, was she, it yeah.
1: also weird that movies were two hours back then? Was this one of the first, like, it's a horror movie and it's two hours? I, th- I think it was, you know, felt long. long. Movies were a bit longer. Friday the 13th's a buck 20. Wow. Yeah, they knew. They were like,
0: we're going to make this thing cheap. You know, we're going to. Yeah, this is, you'll see this. Yeah, this is like the third killing.
1: She's the one who shows her boobs, right? is that because that's not she's just Jamie? Like, what, what, yeah. What, why is the there? nerd gets laid in this? Movie. Right here. There you go. Yep. Oh, he puts it right through the car seat. Yeah. The dork <laughs> is the one who gets laid in this. I always found funny about that. Like yeah. the dude who gets who the first sex scene where yeah. the lady the chick lowers her. Her blanket, which I yeah. always, as a kid, I thought that was Jamie Lee Curtis.
0: Oh, that was PJ, what, what's her face, who was in
1: Carrie. She was yeah. also in... Because Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't get naked until prom night, if uh, if, oh, the, yeah. if the dialogue and Scream is correct.
0: Yeah, you're probably right, actually. And she oh, definitely oh. gets
1: naked in coming to her and trading places. Yeah. They show her boobies in that.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but, well, that was her becoming more mainstream, getting out of horror movies and getting into a uh, becoming a getting into serious mainstream actor.
1: serious yep. comedies about people switching fucking realities, <laughs> trading places, and you know? Dan Aykroyd being in brownface.
0: My brother <laughs> Moomzy. Well, he's jo- Lion- Lionel Joseph. Lionel Joseph. Joseph. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> you know and then Al Franken is in
1: that (laughs) Frank Davis and uh, Jim Belushi is the guy who fuck he's the gorilla one of the gorilla handlers
0: (laughs) yes absolutely you know hey look at me and he goes into the party he's wearing like a a wife beater he goes into the
1: party and he acts like Jim Belushi (laughs) like John Belushi no it's Jim
0: Belushi it is Jim I know exactly but literally his career is so (laughs) directly related to the echo of his brother it's amazing
1: well and he's the same guy in everything
0: yeah absolutely I saw him a few times at the at the, uh, the comedy bar.
1: He had that long-running According to Jim sitcom. And I always said, like, you can sum up the entire career of Jim Belushi with one thing he always said on that show. Every punchline of every joke was just like, but Cheryl, I don't want to do that. I'm the guy. <laughs> like, that's everything. God. Everything that revolved around that show. But, like, I'm the man of the house. I don't cook. Like, I like tools, Cheryl. <laughs> football cheryl oh god so gay Uh, (laughs) it's also
0: like i don't know that model of masculinity like that that's sort of like i don't know or even just the idea that like the the butt of
1: every joke is just like what's what's the annoying wife gonna do this time but they also had the wife make fun of jim too well he's irascible
0: you know anyway so are we getting to uh, yeah let's to take a break time. we're yeah, at 46 time.
1: 46 minutes yeah that's good that's good take a little break let's take a fucking break.
0: Firestarter. i watched the last 15 minutes of that today <laughs> well, hello, welcome mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen back to keith Pazel and adam crocious's podcast yeah you know so uh we
1: got popeye going we're
0: watching pop the robert altman directed popeye oh yeah uh, shelly duvall not Shelly yeah shelly duvall plays uh plays olive Olive oil oil. yeah you know don't they have a baby i think the way one in some episode they do yeah yeah i think or some 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 episode of pop that was
1: supposed to be the trilogy
0: yeah (laughs) yeah but this movie because it was robin williams's uh first movie where he starred and i think it was it was you said that he, he hit the bottle pretty hard after this i bet you he was partying pretty fucking hard
1: well yeah it was a epic failure <laughs> the whole <laughs> it's just such a weird movie it, it's got that vibe it scared me how the movie mask scared me when i was a kid the eric stoltz movie mask that movie creeped the fuck out of
0: really because his face yeah, I mean, it, was, yeah it just yeah. was
1: terrifying
0: yeah yeah
1: Rocky Dennis, dude. That
0: that movie, I remember seeing that in the theater. This movie the gives theater. me that vibe. Interesting. Interesting. They had the which is that's not what they were going for. They, they don't want you to be repulsed by what you're seeing. They want you to be engaged, right? Isn't that-
1: No, yeah, it was supposed to be like a sympathetic story of a guy whose insides grow faster than his skull. It's very tragic. I understand. Oh, yeah,
0: man. Yeah. I remember seeing that movie in the theater. Absolutely. I remember seeing it. I just didn't, it just scared, scared the got, shit out of me. I think and she got fucking, nominated for an Oscar. Sherry. Yeah.
1: And Sam Elliott is in it.
0: Yep. That's the first time I remember seeing Sam Elliott in a movie it was Mask. You know, and then, then, of course, it went to. But his his high watermark is, of course, the all-time <laughs> greatest comedy, Roadhouse, with I think a, they Patrick Swayze.
1: <laughs> I think they fictionalize a lot of his life for that movie a lot of rocky dennis's life like oh yeah i'm sure just about like how he was like he was super smart in school and like that he was funny like i think there were parts that like they basically said they had to like make it a little more interesting than because his story really just was he had this deformity oh. and he died when he was 18
0: yeah yeah exactly oh god what a, what a horror... Yeah, that wouldn't be a good way to go through life. They
1: should have done that with Popeye. They should have birthed Rocky Dennis. Did you ever... <laughs> have a baby that has weird, Popeye's weird face growth.
0: Yeah, yeah, the, the, the whole body thing. <laughs>
1: oh, I remember this was
0: part of the preview. Thank you. <laughs> I remember thinking that, wow, he's doing Popeye well when I saw this preview. They
1: live in a shithole.
0: You know, yeah, it's about poverty. It's a seafaring town. The idea is like a guy coming in from sea. <laughs>
1: I was just out out on me boat. She's I wearing mean,
0: bloomers. Yeah, that would be a pretty crazy life, man. If you were like uh like literally like a, like a sailor. You know, you're you're on boats and stuff. That'd be a, a way to make a living.
1: They're, right? It's still a way to make a living. Yeah, absolutely. They're you advocating know? steroid use because the spinach is clearly roids. Well, I
0: mean, I, I, that's also... I remember thinking as a kid, like, wow, the spinach industry probably really appreciates the fact that he, he eats spinach, you know, like they... Well, he was eating gross, say,
1: canned, processed spinach. <laughs> he never once ripped spinach off a of fresh fucking stalk.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I got a feeling the this diet... This is local. You can also say, oh, yeah, organic. Everything was organic back then, but the food still wasn't that good. You know, I think stuff... Uh,
1: everything was American and local.
0: You know, probably was more so than it is now. You know, but... uh you hold not okay food
1: wise, man. You know, I've been doing my shopping. I got my routine down. Yeah, we're pretty good. See, but now the stores are not as crowded. It's not as serious of a situation. Yeah, well, as I, it I, used to be. It might get that way again if yeah. like the disease keeps ramping up, like it, like they say it's going to. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It. it uh, <gasps> God. Yeah, it's crazy. The body count's pretty high. <laughs> it's uh, it's real.
1: You oh, know, I wish I had a body count
0: song to play. Cop killer. You know, it's just because it's gonna. I mean. And a lot of famous people are getting it, man. Little Richard died of it. Didn't he Little Richard die of it? Was, I don't know. Just died of the
1: I don't know if it was of the coronavirus. And then, just
0: died. How, how about someone, someone who was known, though? Yeah, uh, two days ago, somebody died. Yeah, of the Rona. The, 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 that's a known person, you know?
1: <laughs> oh, Roy from Siegfried oh, and yeah, Roy. Oh, yeah, Siegfried
0: and Roy. Exactly. I, had that, what a <laughs> <laughs> I remember an early Onion title. On people
1: need to think about that. Roy has had a stroke and was mauled by a tiger and still (laughs) the coronavirus took him down yeah exactly (laughs) this This is a guy who beat a tiger
0: yeah yeah and he's not i mean it's yeah it's real man you know it'll i mean the body count's gonna be freaking high cop killer you know every time
1: you say body count i'm saying cop killer
0: i mean it's it's gonna be pretty eating dinner
1: with abraham lincoln who the fuck is this dude in the beard
0: it's yeah. It, it's the weird collection of people There's, at this Father, boarding house. This, Father, is, this is like the Airbnb of their time.
1: Father Guido Sarducci is you know, there,
0: and, and, and Popeye can't find a can't find a seat at the table because yeah, the the woman who runs the house makes a meal for all these boarding men, single men, you know. Just you have the
1: fat dweeb. You know, it's the same dude who has the spinner hat. It looks like from Animal House. Who's the fucking dork in Animal House? Steven Dorf. That's Abraham Lincoln. That's supposed to be Abe Lincoln. Uh, well, well, He certainly looks like him a little bit. He's not, but yeah, yeah. Who is? No,
0: it's not him, though. No, it's not. I bet you Stephen Dorf. It's a, the
1: same a, character, though. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And then there's a Hasidic Jew. You know, it, it's definitely like an ethnic based show. You know what I mean? Like ethnic, ethnic ethnicities based, are but sort of they're all white. You know, true that that they are. You know, uh, who's the old lady? I, is that
1: is that? Try and figure that out. That we'll call, look it up. That That's call, your game. No,
0: I don't know. I don't know who it is. Probably some like stage actors, I imagine. Because this has a very stagey feel to it. Your girlfriend's right. This has a very kind of stage acting, you know, stage acting feel to it. Go to the fucking.
1: So Paul Smith is Bluto. Who the fuck is that? No. Oh. Um. What's her? Well, what's her name? Do you know this broad, the boarding person's no, name? Are you no. big in the Popeye? Fucking. No, I don't
0: remember it. It's been so long.
1: Still Castor that. oil, Nana <laughs> oil. <laughs> She's probably Nana oh, oh, Oil. Oh,
0: oh, 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 oh it, it, it's the, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, so it's Roberta Maxwell, hmm. a Canadian stage and television actress. Yeah, yeah. Not dead, born in 1941. Old bitch. Yep, she's getting old. Sadly, this is probably the only thing she did in American movies and I it wonder, tanked her.
0: I wonder, you know, who knows? The
1: movie's probably the golden child of its time, dude. Everybody involved in Golden Child didn't do shit. Afterwards. After, except for Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yeah. The director didn't direct anything. I don't think the love interest did oh, anything. She was
0: like exotic and gorgeous. When I was in the mid-80s, I was like, she was unusual. She I was, was
1: like, watching The Golden Child on acid, and it's so fucking ridiculous. And the person I was watching it with was like, this movie, like was a, there's no way this movie made money. And I looked it up, and I was like, no, this was a smash success.
0: Absolutely. Eddie Murphy was, was box office gold. He could do no wrong. He had a stretch, but, but then he started to get bad at Harlem nights. That's when he started to lose.
1: Well, it. and they're always, every Eddie Murphy movie, I feel like anytime they gave him creative freedom, he was just like, all right, there's, I got to call somebody Cracker. <laughs> and at some point, someone has to challenge the size of my libido, and I have to prove to them how big it is. <laughs>
0: I can fuck better than other people. Well, in
1: Golden Child, it's he's in. He's about to go into the temple where he has to go across with the cup of water, and yeah. he, this poor Tibetan fucking street salesman tries to sell him a medallion, and he goes, "Uh, it'll give more yin yang." And he like did a fucking thing, and he goes, "Ain't nothing wrong with my yang." <laughs> and it was just like, "Oh, classic." That, that's his
0: throwaway line. Eddie
1: Murphy has to randomly assert how good he he is in bed. And that there is in fact nothing wrong with his yang. <laughs> it's such a
0: weird little like your 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 ego, your 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 your, your, your arm or the chicken in your arm revealing that to everyone, you know. <laughs> you know, and then people like, like you're trying to overcompensate, aren't you? Isn't that kind of what you're what you're trying to no, do? No, I
1: just think that at that point they needed to double down on like, well, this is the guy Eddie Murphy's having sex with the beautiful lady, yeah, so
0: yeah, yeah. Murphy, he
1: uh, obviously has a glorious dawn.
0: M- Murphy w- was a star when I was in high school. Absolute star. Yeah, Forty-eight hours. You know, we at, were
1: twelve when Forty-eight hours came out. Yeah, you
0: know, I was thirteen. No, I was about thirteen or fourteen. I was a, again his comedic rise. Well, it
1: saved Saturday Night Live. Do you want to know and something? And it
0: was a phenomenon when he when he he was a phenomenon for about two or something, three years in particular. I was like, whoa. This here's guy's something great. that might
1: insult you, but I yeah. think this shows how intelligent you come off. But yeah. you seem. If you just lie, I think you seem older than Eddie Murphy. I know. <laughs> like you act older than him. Like I, I just, or just you, you think like, oh yeah, he was the same age of Eddie, Eddie, but Eddie Murphy was also 15 years old when he was on SNL. Well, I, think he,
0: I think he was 19. Yeah. He was 19. So know, he, I think he wasn't was 61. So
1: he's. That's why I don't think yeah. it might not be that insulting because he's not that much older than you.
0: Well, I know he's only eight years older than me. I yeah, mean, absolutely. But he was like, he was a phenomenon when he was on Saturday Night Live. It was. I mean, my father loved him. People, I mean, you were in hysterics. He was completely funny. It was funny. He was they just were,
1: completely funny. They were releasing everything he did was funny. This was like the last breath of TV Guide, and they were releasing it everywhere. They were doing a fucking SNL cast member, the greatest as the all-time yeah. SNL cast member. And I remember they were doing it week by week, and when they were, when one and two were left, everybody was just like, "Well, who could it be?" Yeah, and I was just like Eddie Murphy and Chris yeah. Farley. Yeah, like that's yeah. and people were like, "Get the fuck out of here, Eddie!" And I'm just like, "No, dude." Like, yeah, I think because it was God, the, it's the '80s age and it, and a yeah. bull well, and it's looked at such a shitty era of the show, people forget how pop like how popular SNL made Eddie Murphy. Like we think of it as just like, "Oh, that guy just did movies." Oh, Yeah, like no, the, no, no. The, he, that, saved like he, he, he saved SNL. He saved SNL. And but it's like yeah. no, he was that show. Oh, absolutely. A little bit,
0: little bit of piscopo, but it was eighty percent Murphy. But I remember I yeah. felt
1: so vindicated when they released, especially because I was like, I go Murphy two, Farley one. It's just without yeah. question, and that's how. And I was just like, see, Farley was number one. They said, oh, he's the best. Just as it, as far as interesting quickness to the like he. I think within three years, he started Second City and was on SNL. God, I can tell you, man, when I I talked to Matt Dwyer about the stories of when he worked at at, uh,
0: at Second City at that time and just how, just what a disaster Chris Farley was as a human being. Like, just how, how he really had a hard time keeping his shit together. Like, he was, he was crazy, you know, like, there was a little bit of a lunacy in him, you know.
1: He was on heroin and coke. Yeah,
0: and also just an extreme. Oh look, you know their say? bottles
1: say "cat sup" <laughs> instead of ketchup. That's all probably shit from the comic strip, though.
0: Yeah, well, that's what my mom called ketchup. She called it cat sup. She didn't call it
1: ketchup. They called it cat soup. I remember because yeah. that's the, the back in the then how they used to spell it. Like and then it, oh yeah, and then Heinz spelled it ketchup like yeah. with the K E T. Yeah. And now everybody just does it.
0: Isn't that crazy? You basically have made the language through a, through a marketing.
1: Well, it's just like you know. how people call them Kleenexes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not just, yeah. what it's called. That's a brand. Yep. Same exactly. thing with Band Aids. Let me well, get a Band Aid.
0: Yep. Well, that's what Standard Oil was. Standard oil you know, because everyone, you, they used to sell like a lamp, a lamp oil because you'd have it in your place at night, and, and everyone had. But they were very unstable. Most people didn't get the chemistry of it right, so a lot of times they'd blow up. There'd be a lot of fires and stuff. But Standard Oil, he, he was a pretty good chemist, and he was able to make it like very stable and gave it the name Standard. I mean, that that is it. You know, it, it, it's you, you've become the standard. You are the Standard Oil. You are you are Kleenex. This is this item, this tissue that you're using is basically your brand. You know, you've You've truly you cornered someone the market. you give you a tissue, they'll, the they'll look at you like you're a what fucking you hoity-toity yeah, piece of shit. Yeah, no, you, you mean a Kleenex, right? Yeah, exactly. That gets interesting. You know, like it's like that—that's that, the power of like, you know, the economy or whatever business on people. Like there, there, you know. Even there's impact.
1: even like hick versions of that. Like, I Ugh. in the suburbs, they say, uh, "Can I get a jewel bag?" Like a plastic shopping bag? Yeah, yeah. Just because everybody, there's so many jewels. Kai, do you have a jewel bag? Yeah. I've even said it for, there wasn't a jewel in my neighborhood, and we call them jewel bags. Yeah. Can I get a jewel bag? Yeah.
0: I know. It's uh, interesting. I I don't know. I just find that interesting. That's where they they, they corner that part of it. But anyway, watching Popeye.
1: This place, Uh, the world of Popeye seems like people that were just like taken as children and grown into adults. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. like they're all just eating burgers and fucking fries. Well, it's also what I remember. I don't
0: remember this movie being so bright colored. I thought it was a much darker movie when I was younger. I didn't realize the colors yeah. were so bright. And it
1: just seems like if you if you were to allow a child to be like, what would if you right now if you want to be an adult, describe it, and then just let them become that. Yeah. That's what this fucking movie is.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah, they have these uh, very basic personalities.
2: But after all this time in this raft. This visitation comes to me. It looks just like me, Mother. Rest in soul. <laughs> oh,
1: they're laughing at his mom. Yeah. It right, says,
0: your
2: pep is still alive. That's good. <laughs> Well, I finally rescued him. Uh, I figured out that I gotta forgive me, Paps.
0: You know. <laughs> See, I'm only a fool. might be dead. I tell you I what, what a it's a good. Williams, he, he is acting up, pretty up, up, well. He
2: sure got a nice looking face there, one eye.
1: <laughs> what a G-rated slam! <laughs> yeah. They wanted to call him cockeye.
2: on a You're a slimy. Yeah, you wanna know why it's. Slow?
0: They they know the fight's gonna be on, they know it's gonna They're be on. They're in their
1: cages. Oh, yep. he, did he eat fuck with his spinach
0: yet? I think it's, and everyone's nervous. Someone has to go get it. So he has to he, has to, he has to right the wrong. Here.
2: You
1: know, it's one thing I got it's a sense humor. Where did you get that humor. <laughs> uh, pronunciation? <laughs> 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 yeah, got olive cut. Yeah, Papa, ah! you <laughs> mentally retarded.
0: <laughs> This is like weird ham of Lower East Side New York comedy of the 20s. you know? Uh oh, uh oh. They're getting low. They're hitting low because he doesn't know whose dad is. Hey, I'll
1: bet your pappy is as ugly as you are. God. That's a little harsh. Uh-oh. Oh, he needs the spinach now. Well, he's about to cry because he's a puss. At some point, when his other eye opens is when he means fucking business, right? Is the pipe CGI'd? Oh, no, it's not. No. No, CGI didn't am this, man. And sees that I'm well, it did. Alien game. was out. Well, that was all puppets.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't think CGI they even started to happen until like the early 90s, late now, 80s. To give
2: daddies, boy and a with pleasure, Spike.
1: <laughs> is this the first? This is like the first Popeye, one, Popeye, you find I out he's a bad bitch. Yeah. Well, I would like to offer my most sincere and heartfelt apologies. You got
0: it. innocence. <laughs> he's got a soul. He's got a soul. You apologize? <laughs> <laughs> You I, I, I apologize, Rosie. Get my hat. I think it's time we leave. I you know, back to the
1: dairy. <laughs> the cops doing nothing. <laughs> so here we go, Crow. The first, <clears throat> the first movie to yeah. use CGI, yeah, was a movie called Westworld in 1973. Though the first use of 3D imagery was its sequel, Future World, which featured a computer-generated hand and face created by then-University of Utah graduate Edwin Catmull and Fred Park. Wow. I stand corrected. I don't
0: think I got really into it, though. It wasn't, like, truly integrated into the process. No, I think Tron
1: was the first one.
0: (laughs) Tron. I remember that being, like... This cutting edge, like it's okay. cutting edge, sort of movie. I, I didn't like it. It's
1: well, it's that's what I'm saying. It's one of those you watch it the first time, and it's. I guarantee you, you probably. It's one of those that because since then there are so many, but be- like you've seen the Matrix.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly.
1: Lawnmower yeah. Man is better than the fucking. <laughs> yep.
0: Well, this is when yet he, he takes care of business here.
1: Yep. And he hasn't even eaten spinach yet, right? <laughs> Let's see how this sounds. It's like goofy. That's just the, that's the sound he's of his speed face. Speed bagging him. <laughs> he's
0: literally hit this guy a hundred times. I'm going to be... say
1: for I have to say for copyright purposes, we are not listening to the Popeye. This is a reimagining of the Popeye movie. It's not oh, not just... the real Popeye movie.
0: But the bad guys there, the guy who can actually take him on. So he kicked all their asses.
1: Yeah, it was that's such a good reenactment of the yeah. movie, right? Yeah,
0: it was a good. Yeah, it was a good reenactment. <awesome>. What are you gonna do? You are gonna fight me? <laughs> that voice. <laughs> I felt like that was an okay papa. I just, I used to think I could do impressions, and I, I couldn't do them very well. When I was young, I'd try to do them. That's what Murphy was good at. Murphy was good at, at impressions. He could do a really good spot on impression. Yeah. You know, he was very much like a, a mo- postmodern comic. He, I mean, he, he saved Saturday Night Live. He was massive. Who Murphy? Yes, he was massive. Well, he was like very socially relevant too. Well, I just think it, he was just—he was young and it was fun. There was an energy to him too that was like very like you wanted to watch him. Good impressions, you know? and funny characters. Guy, I mean, he just—you know—I mean, they also like. I remember when. <laughs> So really They used to have good. The they had totally good like ethnic jokes where they were like they they had like a beer commercial. There was one was called you know old <laughs> Jew beer and it was Joe Piscopo and, and Eddie Murphy acting like old Jews. This
1: Popeye Town looks like uh, looks like Flint, Michigan post coronavirus. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's poor. It's a poor seafaring town. You know, that's that's part of the.
1: Uh, oh, look at olive oil getting in her in her bloomers. They're you know, giant fucking
0: shoes. Can you, imagine, fucking can you shoes. imagine
1: if you were like a drag
0: queen at this time? <laughs> you had to live at this time. Well, I wonder if it was accepted in some weird way. You know what I mean? Like it was some weird way. Nice choice Probably. Of words. But if it was like, I mean, I know like, like, like in the 19th century in Manhattan, it was just accepted that houses of prostitution were everywhere. Manhattan, like in the late 1890s had 500 houses of prostitution. And it was, it was the whole thing of you had your wife and kids and then you would have your, like your, you'd have your prostitute. Like that was a socially acceptable thing, you know, which is bizarre.
1: You know, I it's, like it's, the idea that they're just like Abe Lincoln, what brings you to this sea, this poor sea <laughs> town? He's just like freed the slaves, had so- to get out of there, caught some heat. <laughs>
0: is it yeah. yeah this I'm is kidding. where
1: this is where you go to. This is where historical comical historical figures go to like escape some shit.
0: So I think yeah, exactly. I think this
1: is, isn't this. He where... names Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs>
0: well yeah this is like have you been watching any more of the old Trek? have you been watching any more of the old no track? but i
1: watched hollywood that netflix show hollywood i
0: was thinking about watching
1: dude that. it's wild first of all it makes you realize why the joke of like you need to fuck somebody to get a part yeah that's how old hollywood was oh, of course you know you had to, i'm also saying this like it's not yeah. a completely fictionalized version of hollywood but yeah. that's uh there's real characters in it so rock hudson's in it um <laughs> Who else? The chick Queen Latifah plays. Hattie McDaniel, She in She's So in Rock it. Hudson's
0: actually a character in this Rock the song, Hudson's a
1: character me. in so it. And uh, <laughs> uh, Jim Parsons plays Harry Reese or something, like an old Hollywood agent who basically yeah. would just like, he created the beefcake fad of the 1950s, Tab Hunter, Rock fucking Hudson. But, 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 he was but famous also, for renaming him. Like he'd meet a guy and like, my name is Roy McGillicuddy. And he's yeah. just like, well, your name's Rodney Jug now. And yeah. they're just like, oh, you're... So he created that, but he was also gay and would just like, like they said, it was it, if you were one of his clients, it was just assumed you were gay. Yeah. Yeah. Back then. Yeah, so you yeah. got a fictionalized version of him. He fucking verbally assaults Rock Hudson at all times. Yeah. You fucking hayseed. Watch me jerk off. It's fucking great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It seems a little bit harsh <clears throat> for my taste, man. So
1: the premise of the show is that whole, like, yeah, this whole- black dude writes a script uh, called Peg and it's like a black dude writing a script about a white woman from London. Yeah. And like it's a great script so it yeah. gets picked huh? Real story. It's a great script that gets pick up picked up and uh a bunch of people audition for it like Rob Reiner plays the head of the pretend studio called yeah. Ace Pictures, his daughter auditions for it and then this black Like she's like a background actress. She usually plays like a maid in most movies. Yeah. She auditions for it and she fucking crushes. Yeah. So the movie's basically about how like this movie written by a black dude starred by a black chick. Yeah. Like.
0: A trailblazer. Yeah. Yeah, So the,
1: the whole show is about this movie getting made and like one of the lawyers burns the final print at the end. Yeah. And then like the movie basically wins all the Oscars. And like the one thing that's like that even people complained about at why it got mixed reviews is it like very blatantly just rosy endings everything. They literally yeah. write every social wrong that's ever happened in Hollywood gets flipped in this. That's a like not not only like at, like when the movie's getting made, the clan is burning crosses in their yards. Yeah. yeah. And then the movie gets released and it's so good. That people are just like, well, racism be damned. Like, the, the movie sweeps the Oscars, she wins the Academy Award... Like, uh, the dude who wrote it comes out as Rock Hudson's boyfriend on stage at the Oscars. <laughs> they go up, like, holding yeah, hands. Yeah,
0: that would have happened. Yeah, this weird, bizarre fantasy.
1: And that <laughs> that was people's complaints. They were like, I get rosy endings, but it's just a total... It's essentially if you let a gay dude write a show yeah, of just, like, yeah. you do a gay person's Hollywood. God. Like, this is how it would happen. It w- what's so... Patty <sighs> Lapone plays Rob Reiner's wife, and she gets fucking banged fucking dylan mcdermott plays it's very fucking uh who's the dude who did the romeo and juliet in the 90s fucking uh, oh yeah boz lerman yeah it's yeah very much like that it's not a is musical it great, but a it looks Gatsby. like a musical yeah so like uh dylan mcdermott owns this gas station quote unquote where yeah. basically everyone in high, it's like a male prostitutes yeah and yeah. that's where and here's where it's also a flip is uh rock hudson is like the big stud actor and and the, uh, this other unknown dude named Jack, whatever the fuck, yeah. who's like the main character of the show. Yeah. He ends up becoming the Hollywood star and like Rock Hudson gets famous at the end of it, but it's like yeah. peripherally like he's, he ends up being not the man. It's this <sighs> random dude named Jack. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah. And what's the point of that? What's the point? of Just
1: to like the, that the underdog can win oh, that gosh. like, but in real life, cause Rock Hudson looks better. Yeah. Uh, that like they basically took away the like the looks aspect of it. Like they made it be like, well, yeah, Rock Hudson looks better, but he's literally dumb and can't act. Yeah. Like they made yeah. that matter. Yeah. And in real Hollywood, that doesn't matter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know it's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, his death was a big deal, man. When I was a teenager. Now here is something a, I even because he was her, a notorious sort of like heartthrob. Well, you know? and and so what, him being so like this big gay guy. Was it you know, before it
1: was, he like even while he had AIDS, people didn't think he was gay, right? Oh
0: no, he was closeted. I mean, he was totally like closeted. it was like. Like, no, like I got Cross it from a blood, it.
1: I got it from a blood infection.
0: You know, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was, and yeah, I think his story would be an interesting story. You know what I mean? So as a, well, as a, as a it biopic. It got told, Crocious. But I mean, as a biopic, I think that there's, there'd be an interesting story in that, you know, but still,
1: it's just. It was a fun show, though. We literally watched it. it we stayed up from 11 p.m. to 6.30 in the morning and watched this whole show. I would, I would advise watching it. It's really, I just totally yeah, told you every inch of it. It's fine. Which I think you need to sit through it because there are parts where you're like, oh God, it's very Le Miz like dramatic. Like yeah. Patty Lapone's in it. She's like a theater yeah. fucking Le Miz legend. She's God. actually dope in it. <laughs>
0: fucking actors. <laughs> I used to think about that, like, oh, I could have been an actor, maybe but I Rob just think
1: Reiner, have to be around them. Just Rob Reiner's character is everybody cheats on each other in this. And that's what we yeah. were getting confused at. All the white dudes look the same because they're all like the same archetype. Yeah. Wife beater like slicked over business haircut like yeah. they all literally look the same. So every time during the show I'd be like, "Wait, who is that?" Like, who who's who? Yeah. And they're all fucking each other like and like even the gay people like they make Hattie McDaniel a lesbian, which I don't know if she might have been. She was, she was bi. Okay, she was bi cuz there's a yeah. scene where Hattie McDaniel uh and one of the other like side characters come down and they just had like a three-way with a dude and a chick. Like it's yeah. it's real tight. They, yes. Yeah, it's it's a good show, but it's completely unbelievable. It's it's a complete wet dream of, like... Yeah, of course. Of, like, what, if, if, ho- if justice was real, this is what Hollywood would be. What annoys me? Oh, God. But there is an intense scene, so uh, how the movie kicks off is Rob Reiner's banging one of the chicks he's fucking around with, and he has a heart attack and ends up in a coma. Yeah. So while he's in a coma, they let his wife run the movie studio, and she's the one who, like... And it takes a good episode and a half for her to do it. Like, she realized, like, they show all the test screenings of this black actress. And she's like, I know it would be groundbreaking. Uh, But she's laboring uh, over the decision. And she's like, I won't do it. I won't do it. And then at the last minute, she does it. And then the second to last episode, the lawyer of Rob... Like, Rob Reiner comes out of his fucking coma. And even he fucking is like, we're going to fucking do this. And then... He fucking, then he finally fucks his wife and he dies. Uh, So he has a heart attack twice while fucking in it. And then after he dies, the lawyer burns all the prints of the movies. But then in the next episode, you find out that the editor made a copy of it. Like you immediately find that out, which is a true story because I guess they edited uh, the original cut of The Wizard of Oz. They cut something out of uh, somewhere over the rainbow, got cut out. Oh. And the editor.
0: Knew it was actually an important idea. Yeah.
1: He kept it in and didn't tell them. Yeah. Like yeah. So when they screened the movie, they were like, what the fuck? And then they saw how popular it was. And yeah. they're like, all right. Yeah. God, interesting. So, and then he yeah. even says that. He goes, he, he, it's like he, he takes credit for it. He was like, I knew when I saved the print of Somewhere Over the Rainbow that I'd have to do this again, kid. <laughs> Don't let him fuck with your movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I guess it's just that the idea of like, you know, whatever. Hollywood taking itself so seriously. Like you know, it's going to make a strong social conscience, and that's listen. That's what I'm trying to do with my fucking show. I want to make it. You know, obviously that's the idealism you put into it. You want to have a certain soul. Is that to Bluto? It. You know, yeah, yeah. That, that that that's the bad guy. I think they fight for olive oil's
1: affections. You know? He looks like a Paul Smith. That's yeah. his name in yeah. the fucking real life. I I something like Smith. I think this actor like had
0: been in a, and he, he was famous for playing He's kind of a big, tough. husky, bearded yeah, guy in like, a lot guys, of shit. You know?
1: Yeah, I think you know what. There's this movie. That's a shitty movie, but it's called Savannah Smiles, oh, and yeah. it's about uh, two crooks that steal, that kidnap a little girl, and she makes them good, and he's one of the toughs, I think. Oh, interesting. No. Let's see. Maybe. Let's know. click on it.
0: Yeah, see, see his filmography. I want to see that Paul Smith. Again, this is the dramatization. We're not watching the actual.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're not watching the real Popeye. This is someone mailed us a dramatization of Popeye, and it's good.
0: Yeah, no. I, I got done watching all of Waco. I finished the final episode of Waco. You know.
1: Oh, you got it. I got through. You it. You See when like Paul Michael Shannon cries, and even all the ATF agents, that like they immediately realize, like, oh, we fucked up. Yeah, it was a total mistake. And they locked you know, the kids in that fucking that school bus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it just uh, you know, it's it's certainly ambiguous. You know, and, and well, maybe maybe it's not. Maybe the choice has been made. They made alcohol, tobacco, firearms, fucked it up. You know. And, and I realize that for a lot of people that that's like southern white rage comes out, you know, with that. But it's been happening to black folks forever.
1: Man, that's <laughs> true obscurity. Yeah. He died in 2012 and it's still unconfirmed. That's just when no one cares. <laughs>
0: <laughs> who was this guy? Paul Smith?
1: Yeah. Bluto. The guy who played Bluto died <laughs> in 2012 and no, literally no one's found out why. What, what,
0: what else was he in? What, what was um, his-
1: Let's go through the fucking...
0: It's hilarious. I love these obscure actors. Like, you know, this, so, this is a major movie. I'm sure he's hoping for a break. In on
1: 1977, this. Smith moved to Hollywood, making appearances in such films as 21 Hours at Munich, Midnight Express. Oh, yes, Pluto and Popeye. Uh, Glossau Raban and Dune.
0: Uh, Mid- Midnight Express. Midnight Express was uh, Oliver Stone wrote that. Yeah. It's, a, it's a Turkish prison movie. And Dune was actually a pretty big movie. And then too. this is
1: probably where I've seen him. On television, he appeared in established series as Emergency, Chips, Wonder Woman, Barney Miller, and Hawaii Five O. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's where we. He was in the Frisco Kid, uncredited. <laughs> a lot of TV miniseries. Yeah. Yeah. Sonny boy, caged fury. I'm trying to think. Oh yeah, his. Oh yeah, 94. He was done, and then he died in 2012 of an unconfirmed cough.
0: <laughs> but he had a little. He had a run. He had a run. You know, a little bit of a run.
1: The sad part. This is where the cost of living is bullshit, and, <clears throat> and where I feel bad. There were probably people who made like 1.2 million dollars, like in the span of six years. Yeah. And probably thought like, I'm set. Yeah. <laughs> like I did it no. I made the million dollars and then like the no. and then at least 08 happened and they like ended up with a shotgun in their mouth yeah or the, <laughs> or even Burt you, reynolds was poor cuz he like he made crazy? A, he made a lot of money but it was like he made a shit ton of money but it was probably still shit like 3 ton. million dollars or no, something no, like that no no no
0: no I think when he was at his height of wealth I think tens he was, of millions of yeah, dollars yeah he probably had 30 or 40 million bucks but still I you know I think you gotta was he do you have a divorce in there? The divorce is always a big one. That that, that that's always a that's a dude. Blow. I saw his
1: Eat Your Hollywood story and it was so boring because like other people they have like something tragic. Yeah. Bad business manager. Yeah. <laughs> he never doesn't get into of why he goes poor. They just talk about how his career waned. He was like, yeah. you know, money happened. Really, what happened is he bought the fucking XF, the USFL team that drained his fucking <laughs> you know, lizard. Probably the the the,
0: uh, the, uh, the Buccaneers. He tried to become a professional sports owner. Like he, he threw throwing his hat in the ring with that, and, and he was actually with a good ownership team. That was actually that was the rational, smart ownership team. But Trump ruined the league because everything he to be the NFL. Because everything that Trump touches turns to shit. He was like, "Well, we get better ratings, is, you know." He, and well, the they legal say. Strategy, they well, sh- they,
1: and they yeah. say the only reason he uh, did the generals was because. He had been trying to buy an NFL team. and the NFL, yeah. Dude, and that's where the NFL was smart. The NFL for 30 years kept Trump out. Of course. and Because the, they knew how bad he'd be. Because well, they, they
0: knew what a scumbag he is, too. He's a criminal.
1: Because whatever you know? team they gave him would go bankrupt within 10 years.
0: Well, it wasn't even... I, I think I, the whole full story, and I should back this up better. I should know it better. But there, he wanted to take on the league in the fall, He wanted to, which yeah. was foolish. They had a good thing going doing it in the spring. That was actually a smart move that they had made. Because the guy who owned the Buccaneers owned a team in the the world football league in the 70s and, and that's one thing that he learned
1: that well it was they, smart because you know, once the super bowl was over the next season was starting
0: and, and people still have an appetite for football they like football in this country and the usfl was a successful league herschel walker they were
1: also reggie white
0: was in the league you know i mean they had name jim Carter. kelly they had names in the league a you know, bunch of nfl sacram didn't
1: san antonio have the san antonio
0: gunslingers
1: that's where jim kelly played right? no 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 he
0: played for the houston gamblers
1: who and was that, the gunslinger's quarterback?
0: Uh, Rick Neuheisel. Remember the coach, Rick Neuheisel, yeah. coached UCLA and coached <clears Colorado? throat> Didn't they have
1: like a run and gun like offense? Well, they, they were actually Didn't one of Marv the shittier teams. Marv Levy coach teams. them or something?
0: Marv Levy coached the Chicago Blitz who had Vince Evans as a quarterback. Vince Evans was a quarterback. First
1: black quarterback in Bears history. Yeah,
0: right? absolutely. You know, and, th- and then they had a couple other decent enough players. But, but the best team were the Philadelphia Stars coached by Jim Mora. They had Chuck Fusina as a quarterback who played for Penn State. Uh, they also had a a decent running back. Uh, Wendell Bryant was the guy's name. I think. Well, no, no, no. I can't think of the guy's name. Was a decent running back. But my point is, uh, you know, it, it, Trump made bad decisions, and uh, they actually list. Or I don't know. I, I want to get more of the story to know the story better. But I know Trump is at fault for the reason that they still oh, no, the NFL. That's, if you watch lost, the documentary
1: yeah. "What Killed the USFL," it's great because they deduce that that's what happened. But Trump won't answer any questions. He's a dick the whole time they're yeah. talking to him. Yeah, and like. He ended up saying that like the league was always going to be peanuts, small. It was small potatoes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then he just walks away. <laughs> and what killed the USFL is they basically when the ratings were, they were getting their asses whooped in the ratings because they did one season competing with them in the fall, right?
0: No, I think they, no, that they, they did so, it in the spring.
1: But what they tried to do was they tried to sue the NFL for a monopoly, and they won. But since it costs so much, they got like three dollars. They got a
0: three. No, they got a three dollar no, settlement from the jury. Three yeah. bucks. So that they beat them in court because of the uh, of you know the the lawsuit they had. But,
1: but they that, all basically deduced that it was Trump forcing the league to go head up with the NFL that caused the death of it. That if that yeah. didn't happen, if they stayed a spring league, yeah, the USFL would be up and running very popularly today. And,
0: and ultimately, it would have merged with the NFL. Hear, and, and, and here's what would happen. You know, and
1: here's where the NFL would have been smart then you have promotion and relegation. You make the USFL... A professional league, but you say this is if you are the last place team in the NFL, you go play in the USFL. Oh,
0: that'd be interesting. They, I, they wouldn't have done that. What they would have done is they would have done what the AFL and, uh, and the NFL did. They would have merged into markets that didn't have and teams. Then, and then eighteen. You know? And then Birmingham had a team, right? You know? and, and like markets that traditionally did so not have teams. It would probably would have Arizona a, had a and team, and it probably
1: would have been a flip where they kill the major market teams. Like there's no way they're keeping the New York Generals. Yeah,
0: or the Denver Gold. That's not gonna happen. So
1: they would have just been like, well, we'll get rid of all the major market teams. That yep. like you're not competing against the Bears. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and then we'll will keep the eight obscure teams. We'll expand the league, and then we'll just they'll be the NFL. Yeah.
0: the The, the merger would have been, is was the ultimate business decision on that. You know, and, and it probably would have worked. It would probably would have taken like seven or eight years, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how much time it would have taken. But they, you know, the only NFL owner they didn't sue was Al Davis. Al Davis was like, let him compete. Like let let him. He was like totally. He was. Open and, and thought it was a good thing for the sport of football. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: do you think it would have still been the USFL would have still been popular? That it, like oh, the
0: USFL had, had enough fans? I mean, it was pop. It wasn't as popular as the NFL, but for a, a new league, like I mean, I, when, the, when the Philadelphia Stars won the championship, you know, I think they played in their home stadium. and hit the
1: vet. It was sold out. Well, there probably could have been a way It'd to do it too outs. if the USFL was like, well, we're going to play on Friday. Well, they, they like, played, we'll do, uh, Yeah,
0: they played. They played a Sundays in spring, March, April. May, and then June was the championship, typically. You know, and then they got out of the way of the NFL. That was the smart thing that they did, is that there was an appetite for year-round football, you know, at the time. So, But, yeah, you know, but but Trump Trump ruined that, along with ruining certain other things, too, you know, like, like a country.
1: Well, and that would almost be a modern way to do it if the USFL still existed, where you say, like, you know how everyone gets annoyed that, like, there's a game on on Thursday, and sometimes there's a game on on Friday, and yeah. now there's usually almost always a game on on Saturday night. Yep. To where people are, like, there's too much NFL. Where you, if it was more modern, you could give that, give those games to the USFL. No, right you enough. guys get Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and then Sunday is for the big boys, baby. This is an obscure debate. Sundays right now. for this the. Is it's fun. <laughs> you don't. You have a bad imagination. No, I don't have a bad imagination. This is why your pilot's bad. I'm just no, okay. kidding. <laughs> this is why you had. This is no. why you had to go to dramedy. maybe because it's it's easy man maybe it is maybe it is well also i'm just trying to get some work here's why it's why it's a good move for you to go to dramedy because if you would have made your show an outright comedy you'd have to make it outlandish in a way yeah you'd have to put stuff in it that (laughs) nobody's life is hilarious every 30 seconds yeah (laughs) and sitcoms have to be hilarious every 30 seconds they have to get
0: a laugh boy but i think there's three three laughs a page is the standard, yeah, I think.
1: Every 30 seconds. It's like, Jesus. And Christ. one page is usually one minute of yeah, screen time. Yeah, so
0: if it was two or three laughs, like, yeah ugh. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely that that part of writing. If if you're, I think Woody Allen came from that school, which is like you just wrote hundreds it's that of jokes, and shit, yeah. Yeah, 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 or or, or with uh, the Sid Caesar show. If you're like, you a kid, to just write and then, I guess that show was like oh, that, and also was that was it a Mil- Sid Caesar show? Yeah, like after they would wrap the show, I think they shot it live, and like they have a little party afterwards. But literally within a couple hours, they were already starting to think about the next show. Well, I want to get better know?
1: at that, even if I don't use them on stage, it just helps to. It helps to know when to put a punchline somewhere, even like even if you write a bunch of like topical jokes that you're like, I'm never really going to tell this on stage. It still helps to know that like when you do think something is funny, you're going to insert a funnier line than you normally would because your brain is conditioned to like hit a punchline. Yeah, your brain's conditioned to when you hear a topic quick, what's the quickest punchline i could possibly put out
0: yeah and, and it has to have a certain beat to it yeah. i think too like you hit a certain beat like you know it's da, 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 and you're able to hit the beat of it there do are sometimes
1: sense? when i'm walking around and i see something and i get disappointed i'll be like i'll think about something and then i'll have a thought about it and then five minutes later i'll think of something funny and i'll be like why didn't i think of that immediately at that mo- at that- like why do i take things so goddamn seriously all the time like what i i and i even thought about that with like i even tried to do that with this episode i'm just like i need to Just be willing to be have more fun all the time. (laughs) Like I always wake up and I'm so tense and like I get flustered if shit goes wrong. (laughs) Like I get excited about the podcast and then if I set up and something goes wrong, I'm like, what the fuck? And it just like throws.
0: That's the cabin fever, man. It changes my moods so quickly
1: and it throws me off and then i'm just like well now i don't even want to fucking do this oh
0: man oh you can't do that man you can't and and i've even started
1: to do that with stand-up like i got so in my head of just like well i'm not getting late night spots to where when you do go to open mics you're just like well fuck it like why try it's not worth like you get into that why try mode like well why even try
0: Well, and and then you don't grow yeah you know what i mean you have to keep the skill sharp yeah i used to think uh, that I was good enough that I could just like, and this is what Dwayne Kennedy always was. That's what I loved about him. is He was so innately and naturally He didn't funny. have to practice. If, if he would not he do could, stand up for two months, he'd go for half an hour and kill. You know, it's just, and I thought I could be that good and I'm just I can't not do that, that good. I'm, I have, I discovered when I was going up a lot, guess what? I got better. You know, I got better. And that's why I always talk about it. To go back ah, on.
1: fat guy's got a box of tougher <laughs> fat guy. <laughs> I think <laughs> abraham lincoln is at the side that's probably the mayor of fucking cartoon town or whatever the fuck this yeah, is yeah, yeah absolutely we watched roger rabbit oh, which is one of my all-time favorite movies as a kid bat i told her honestly batman one the tim burton batman yep. who framed roger rabbit and et are the fucking spine of my childhood interesting Interesting. The absolute spine. Those are like the three of my. The, the, those are good. News. If those I are solid when movies. I was a kid and you wanted to shut me the fuck up, that's what my parents put on.
0: You'd put on the first Batman and you would watch. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, that movie was a freaking phenomenon, dude. That was a. F- you talk about the, the comic book movie. Yes, there was there was Superman Superman eleven years earlier. Or oh, the promo campaign for that.
1: Kev- I think I've said this on the show before. Kevin Smith said. And he said it on his show. Yeah, uh, Kevin Smith said people were shaving bat s- signals in their head. Oh, absolutely! Because like, that was in the hip hop era when people were yes. cutting sick ass shit into absolutely. their fades.
0: I remember, I remember seeing guys with a, with like champagne glasses in their fade and like martini glasses <laughs> in their fade. Like late eighties, late eighties college basketball was great. It was great because it was it was still the era of guys playing for four years. If a guy left Michael Jordan, that the one with the, the the documentary. The fact that Michael Jordan played three years of college basketball is hilarious if you think about that in the modern lens. It's just like
1: how long would, did it take college basketball to shake one bias dying?
0: I, I don't well, that's, like that's, as, that's,
1: as far as like all right we can be we can have fun again like we don't we don't have to mourn Len bias all no the
0: time. I, I, I don't think it really affected that at all I think I think so it you just, th-
1: so would you say it had more of a social change than sporting change? oh yeah absolutely that, like I think cut, it, it, basket, it resonated basketball, yeah, yeah basketball moved on oh yeah and yeah the rest of basketball. the world got hung up on cocaine all of a sudden
0: yeah and the laws changed as a result of that and it became much more draconian contributing to the situation we have now which is the prison industrial complex definitely lend Bias' death certainly affected that. The racial element was huge, and and it was also just of uh, kind of the, the crack era. You know, like like crack became a real like. Even though he didn't, you know, that's not how he. I think he.
1: It was the first oh, time. Yeah. It was one of the first times he ever did coke. Yeah, he got a hold yep. of like it was like a hundred percent pure cocaine. Yeah, yeah. It was like some real pure shit. Yeah,
0: and, he, and he, was an, he was he was he was he didn't know how to do it because he, he was a, a straight laced guy.
1: There's a great thirty for thirty about Len Bias, of course. and they say that like.
0: His death was a big deal to also
1: me. the reason it is big instead deal. of following the source they started arresting young black de- black drug dealers and instead of asking them like hey where do you get it and following it to the source which was usually a white person yeah they would just like so throw all jail. these in jail and then yeah. people's God. people's visions of what a drug dealer was, was a young black kid with jewelry and a nice car because they were the ones pushing it on the streets through like the process of how the fucking fucked up criminal system works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, and they instead of just extrapolating it and thinking further, they're just like, well, these young hip- chained up black kids are selling it so they're the source of it yeah
0: and it's also that they had that horrible standard of a very small amount of crack and you got a huge prison sentence the whole truth in sentencing was a real movement in the late 80s that was a real making the country extremely conservative now, that was very much a legacy of Reagan, you know, and just like these fucking riots are going to stop and we're going to put people yeah. in prison by the millions. I, I can't tell you how many people, when I went to Belize, a lot of Canadian retirees were down there. And they have a lot of family in the States too. And they were saying one of the biggest things they notice when they come to the States is there's prisons. They, they, you see the prisons everywhere. Yeah. You see them. You, you don't, don't see need to them throw in them Canada. In
1: jail. You just need to realize that's the way it is with today. <laughs>
0: But but it just uh, yeah that that was a big deal obviously because bias was truly going to be I'm not lying bias and, and Jordan that was going to be the future of the league actually well, it was and bias and Coach
1: Jordan. K oh the Bulls six titles wouldn't have happened it wouldn't they would have I mean, won like three
0: uh, they would have because I'm telling you. Len Bias was a very very good basketball player and yeah an excellent basketball
1: so, player. So yeah, coach K says they he was like there's two players i saw that are the in my opinion the two great the two greatest college basketball players ever, it's Michael Jordan and Len Bias. Yeah,
0: he's, he's like yeah, he's like he's in the ACC second. Like, yeah, yeah ever and he's like it's Michael Jordan the other way. It's Len because Len Bias was unbelievable and I went to Maryland basketball. Camp, but he then
1: what was dope about him is they played a completely different game so it wouldn't have overshadowed Jordan. Like Len Bias was a total low post he, he, he Hook you know, shot scorer Do,
0: do you know did do, do you know he had a great outside he was also explosive dunking he had he he was he was a leBron he, yeah. th- that was his body type and kind of what he was He's, he was he was 6 eight like 235 when he was 23 years old he would have been like 6 250 and just difficult to deal with. And he was
1: from Maryland, right? They were basically playing in his backyard.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. He was from right down the street. I mean, his his death was a big deal to me because my father still lived in the D.C. area at the time. I had gone to Maryland basketball camp, and he grew up in Hyattsville, which was very close to College Park where Maryland is at, where a good friend of my father's lived. A guy named Alan Lucas lived. I, th- I think he lived in Hyattsville.
1: Popeye knocked this big so th- fucking. Th- th- there was a
0: personal kind of connection to that, and I was a huge Maryland basketball fan. And, and Lefty Griselle could recruit. He would get great players. He just couldn't really coach.
1: Popeye them. just knocked out this fat fucker like cocaine knocked out bias. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> oh God, his look at his baby taunting him, dude. Yep, little s- sweet pea or whatever the fuck. Yeah, the exactly.
0: Name is. They had like because because the
1: innocence of the kid was like yeah. It, but yeah, really Batman did- won, dude. Batman won. That's yeah. how we got into Len Bias. Yeah yep I loved and Roger Rabbit and E.T. E.T. made me cry it took me three years to be able I would watch E.T. every day but I would have to leave the room at the end because it makes me cry the second ET, you know when they find E.T. all pale in the ditch and him and E.T.'s their connection is severing so they're both dying yeah from that moment until the end I'm a crying mess to this day (laughs) if we want to do an experiment on this podcast if you want to see me cry like a bitch (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> last 20 minutes of et i'm
0: trying to think of the last time i cried at a movie i accept Crocious, at a movie. I i'll be
1: right here and he touches <laughs> his heart dude oh yeah. my god yeah
0: yeah yeah what's about friendship <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's about the connection of that movie was a phenomenon. It was an absolute, like, again, Spielberg really got it figured out. Like he tr- truly got it figured out. You know, I mean, he really, and, and, and like the model has never been the same. It's There's a definite like Hollywood pivots with his obviously development. It's not some great, huge statement. Obviously, everyone knows that. But I mean, there's so many knockoff directors that are like him. He, he, he completely changed the medium, I I think, you know. And I mean, then Roger Rabbit, so which is ones. Zemeckis. I didn't realize yeah.
1: that was Zemeckis yeah. when I was. It was, a kid. it was
0: supposed to be Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy was supposed to be the Bob Haskins character. Really? Yes. That would have they, been so much better. And, and also be the voice uh, and, and be the voice of Roger Rabbit.
1: Oh really? Yeah. They were you know it was Charles harder. Fleischer who was a weird comic. Oh yeah. It's
0: Charles Fleischer was it? Yeah. That might, that, that's probably his high watermark. Oh, yeah, he was in a, was well, in a, a Disney Channel Connor.
1: movie. Yeah, he's Mr. Voice. He can do like all sorts of weird voices. He used to go up at the store all the time. He was like a L.A. legend. His He was like a uh, Michael Winslow type guy where he would just go on stage and, and be like, I'm a work. professor. And he was like really good at it. Yeah. Like, yeah. but that was it. Like, it's not like he was writing jokes. He was just yeah. going up like, I'm going to be this is my little vignette. This of, is my impression of a laser. And then yeah. he would just be a laser for four minutes.
0: Yeah. Interesting to be yeah, but there's something to that. Cause
1: yeah, even yeah. if you there's a Disney Channel original movie with Charles Fleischer, he's dead now. I think oh, he yeah, died he like dead? six years ago or wow. something like that. Yeah. But he sounds nothing like Roger Rabbit. He kind of sounds like uh um
0: because John he C he, he real... kind of
1: sounds like John C. Riley.
0: Yeah, didn't yeah, and didn't uh didn't, uh, didn't Roger, isn't Roger Rabbit's voice like this really kind of goofy, silly voice, right? Yeah. Is that kind of yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Please
0: yeah oh it's yeah. great yeah no I remember that, that that was a very kind of cutting edge movie when it first It was very like sexual well, lets and, and, you know
1: that cartoons fuck but
0: it's all yeah it, it is it was animation with I mean that was a very kind of unique thing that they
1: did with and that, we you know? real we were talking about it would never happen today because it's it crosses mediums the Looney Tunes and Disney's characters exist like Whoever made the movie got the license to Disney and Looney Tunes oh, like man. Warner it was a co- joint effort of yeah. Disney and Warner Brothers. Yeah. That would never happen today. It would be a bidding war to see which set of characters you could get. Wow. And it would be spoiled. They'd let you know leading up to it like yeah. the new Hollywood movie is suppo- is going to get Looney Tunes. Yeah. Interesting.
0: God, that that part of it, you know, that that domination over that product, you know. Also
1: check this out. I found something a tidbit about that. Christopher Lloyd plays the big villain in it. Oh yeah. He didn't blink any time they said action and he was like acting just to make it look creepier cuz his eyes are supposed to be all fucked up. He didn't blink the whole time he was like filming. Oh, wow. He like would consciously not blink his eyes. Yeah. To Jesus. make him more menacing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. No, I remember that movie absolutely. I know that that was definitely a cutting edge movie it's interesting i've been watching like
1: i love how the baby's normal they didn't give it any prosthetics (laughs) yeah it's just like it's just a cute kid (laughs) a normal it's just a baby born unto deformed this is like the hills have eyes
0: (laughs) (laughs) i i think there were a lot of like yeah i think there was a lot of bad teeth back then too i think you know it was just a
1: lot of your dentist work was pretty dude it's because of that coke breath dude they all had cocaine breath And they all got rotted teeth because they were just on fucking benders. Even fucking Shelley Long fucking sucked back the booger oh, oh, sugar, well, didn't that, she? well, that,
0: I'm sure, at that time, I'm talking, yeah, 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 no, yeah.
1: Or it, Shelley Duvall or whatever her name yes, is. Yes, absolutely. Well, she was in, uh, she was in uh, The Shining, you know? Do you remember, she did, when I was a kid, there was... Nashville? Shelley, no, was Shelley Duvall movies? presents Child Tales. She would, like, oh, she yeah. had a series of, she would, like, play in like she played Rapunzel but it was her and everything and she was Snow White in one and the Rapunzel one is fucking scary.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh but that's how I remember Shelley Duval. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Yeah, cuz she, she I mean she had a career. Again, she was in Nashville, but she was uh uh definitely like a a an odd beauty, you know, sort of an odd but something appealing yeah. to. Yeah, uh, the it.
1: beauty of like if you're into someone who is in stage 3 of cancer. Yeah. <laughs> Just blunt. You can really just see her jawline. <laughs> you could see her jawline through her gums. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it. Uh...
1: <laughs> Trying to find the name of this fucking. Shelly Duvall's Fairy Tale Theater. That's what it was. Is she still alive? I think she is. I think so. She's probably what? Like her I like Shelly Duvall,
0: I should say. Probably in her late 70s now, would you say? It's
1: funny how. Mid-70s? Like when we're watching TV, me and her all shit on stuff. And she'll be like, why are you watching it if you don't like it? I'm like, oh, I like it. <laughs> this is just how I'm wired. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, know. I yeah. shit on everything. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, exactly. But don't get down on yourself about the whole stand-up thing, man. But you have to do it. You have to do it. She's 70. You
2: know?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot. She's out of her mind now. Oh, she, she thinks there's like... She's kind of like uh, fucking the quaid randy quaid oh here let's go to her wikipedia there's there's yeah. probably a fucking it's kind of sad There, like i they did an interview with her in her house and she was talking about people's fucking bugging her house and stuff like that <laughs> duval has lived out of public view since her retirement in 2002 in november 2016 she appeared to be suffering from mental illness a segment featuring duval on dr phil in 2016 drew significant criticism with many suggesting Duval's mental illness was being exploited, dude. She was talking about like her TVs bugged, and there's fucking yeah. like men in black type shit. Like she's detached from reality
0: now. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I, I don't want that to happen. You know, I mean, I I, <laughs> I don't want to go down the deep go down the deep end like that. That's you why know? you
1: can't get too hard into conspiracy theories. You know. Yeah. I love a conspiracy theory, yeah. but I also go into them knowing they're the only one I believe is Kennedy. I, I actually don't believe and that, that and that they might have faked a moon landing the rest know. of them I, that, were fucking I'll give you yeah. one uh, I mean I, I guess maybe maybe they went to the moon the one that anytime I argue with a moon landing fucker yeah. I'm just like let's say they went and the footage got destroyed so they had to make a reenactment that's the that's <laughs> that's the only thing I'll give you of the moon landing being fake they went there the astronauts yeah, are sworn to some secrecy. Well, and that's where you the get them. The Cold
0: em. War was a real thing. Well, that's where we were you get them. People
1: get so hung up on the first moon landing of that one being fake. And there's yeah. all the flags waving. If they were in space, that wouldn't be a thing. And the reflections, all that, sorts of shit. that's the cameras. Yeah. You know? So, it's just, but then you're like, okay, I'll give you that. What about the other 13 moon landings I know. that they've done? <laughs> they've gone since.
0: I've gone several times. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, what a bizarre decision, though, to say it's the Cold War. That was Kennedy's thing. And, and, and the Democrats became the party of space. Well, that's the conspiracy
1: you know? theory defense of it, is that we needed to beat Russia to the moon so badly. Because even some conspiracy theorists will relent and say, like, they believe we went, but they think we made they think we made footage of us going to the moon to release to the public to be like, we're the USA. We went first. And then in secret, they actually went to the moon that's like the conspiracy theory explanation They went of to
0: the it. moon. They went to the moon. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's... Okay, why would they... And even if they did fake it, so what if they faked right, it? Right, that's what it, I it's say. It's also a thing of just like, this whole like... <laughs> The government is a dynamic institution. It's not just this, like, well, it's, even, to pull shit off is very difficult. Well, even with,
1: like, 9-11, if someone were to find out that, like, that, 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 like, that like. happened. They did But, it. like, even, but even, no, I'm even saying, like, how they say the building was detonated. Like, <laughs> shit like that. They're going to go to each form. Still, put, yeah. even so, let's say it's true. What are you going to do about it? I know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, it happened. Yeah, it say, happened. Yeah. yeah
1: go shoot the go
0: do something go
1: dethrone the president
0: yeah 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 the Big whole shot. Uh, yeah yeah the the whole the, the, the conspiracy i mean to me it's You know, it's when there's something that's so kind of fantastic that happens. It's so almost unreal. I think it's almost like a coping mechanism people have, like societally speaking, is you have to think that this has to happen. Well, that's That's not to say people don't plan murder or don't plan that stuff. The Holocaust was real. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's not. Well, that's where you kind of have to
1: have the, the line is where that's cool to get into shit like that. And even if you believe some conspiracies, but don't it's when people when they get so worked up about it when yeah. like when yeah. you they're invested and, when you argue yeah. with someone who's like a 9 11 truther and you're yeah. like dude let's say you're right yeah who cares yeah like you're still in the same situation yeah. it's not like yeah. you finding out 9 11 being an inside job is going to change your life yeah, or change anything Frank. yeah
0: yeah yeah what are you going to
1: do like who cares exactly? yeah all no, right just so this conversation can end you're right it was an inside job just well, shut the fuck up well that that is my knock that is my knock
0: on the younger generation and it seems like the call out is the call out culture still going on.
1: And eh, not really. It's because it, of co- it does, COVID is definitely dominating. It, it, it does. But you know, what's interesting is it's hit. It's kind of reached a 24 hour news cycle with like how news is. is. We're like, it's, it's a, it's an issue a day. It's what, what's the new thing today. And it's quick. It'll happen overnight. I'll, people will wake up, I'll wake up and she'll be like, Oh, some so-and-so got canceled at two in the morning last night. Yeah. And I'll just be like, Oh, and then by by noon, they're talking about something else. Yeah,
0: yeah. They're still talking about Alison it, but, but, but Oh, we, yeah.
1: Some girl talks shit about John Legend's wife. Do you know who John Legend is? Oh, yeah, yeah. His wife is famous. She's like a cook, and she like someone she's doing a show with called her a sellout. So, like, Twitter mobbed up on this girl, and Chrissy Teigen caught wind of it and is like possibly going to pull out of the show now. Like, there's wild shit going on live on Twitter. Well, why would she pull out of the show? I'm sorry. To, because this no, girl talks shit about her.
2: So, Alison Roman is a
1: cook. Yeah. She does a column for the New York Times. It's yeah. great, whatever. People love her. Well, she did an interview where basically she said, she compared herself to like Gwyneth Paltrow, who does Goop. Yeah. I hate Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. I hate Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. I'm not her. Um, one of Peltro chose to have sex with Harvey Weinstein. Go, babe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, so Alison
0: Rowan said that Chrissy Teigen and Marie Kondo, both women of color, both women who have staked their empires on this one thing that they do yeah. and are now selling products that have to do with that. And she
1: said that they sold out, that they are no longer authentic people and on and on and on. And Chrissy Teigen apparently thought that they were really good friends. Oh, okay. And now she's like... And she God, was like, oh, I guess... it really bumps me out. Uh, yeah, and she was like, oh, I guess I won't be producing that thing that we're doing on Netflix. And I guess it's in the window now where she could pull out.
2: Well, yeah,
1: because it got postponed because of the pandemic. Uh, so Chris like, because <laughs> this bitch talks shit, now the project could literally... like. Chrissy Teigen could be a cunt and be like, well, now I'm going to end your fucking life because you talk shit about me. Yeah, but She probably won't because even though I hate celebrities, Chrissy Teigen seems like a decent chick. Yeah. yeah, yeah even yeah, though the their whole, daughter's a nightmare.
0: Yeah, I, I just, I, I'm so, I don't know. I guess in certain ways, I'm just oblivious in certain ways and I don't know if that's by design. Dude, that thing I, is I a Chrissy Teigen, Teigen
1: recipe, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. this one, no. No. I like that Spurs shirt you got on. It's awesome. <laughs> Love it. it's a, it's a that's a good team. George
1: Gervin, logo.
0: absolutely, man. That's Ger- that's the Ice Man.
1: She met George Gervin, right? I did. Oh, you did. When I was a kid, her I dad bowls with him. With my dad. Tim Duncan does a celebrity wow. bowling tournament in San Antonio. Does
0: Gervin still live in San Antonio, or does he have so a place I don't know there? How does. Yeah, he because he, he. I mean, he was a name there. I mean, he was like the the first originally good San Antonio San Antonio Spur. Didn't George they win Gervin. an ABA title? Uh, they didn't win an ABA title, but they were always a very competitive team. And there was a couple years that he like uh, he and David Thompson were fighting for the scoring title in the seventy-seven seventy-eight season. And I think David Thompson scored like seventy-three points in the final game of the season, <clears throat> and Gervin scored like sixty-one, and he beat Gervin
1: by a hundredth of a point. Gervin could fill it up. Gervin's one of those dudes that sadly got to the NBA past his prime. Yeah, right?
0: it, it was. I mean, I mean, like, like when he first got in the NBA, like, like a the, Satchel Page, like in the late seventies, early eighties. No. In the late 70s, early 80s, the Spurs used to go to the... Because the Bullets had to beat them twice because they were in the same conference. And the Washington Bullets won the championship in 77 and 78. And they beat the Spurs twice, including the second time. They were down 3-1 in the series. And the Bullets came back and beat them the year the Bullets lost to the uh, the uh, Sonics, who had Gus, Gus Johnson... Gus Williams and Dennis Johnson and Jack Sigma. And the Bulls have beaten them the year before. And then they're the Bells are the The Sonics win a title. So Sonics beat the Bullets in 77, 78. But but the Spurs made it to the, the conference championship count, uh, round each time with Gervin. Gervin was that good. They went to like the, they had deep runs in the playoffs, the Spurs did during Gervin. Now by like eighty three, he also played with the Bulls, you know. At the very end of his career, he and Jordan were in a backcourt together. George Gervin and, and, and uh, Michael Jordan. What a shitty father. Years.
1: Do they got their, his kids living in hammocks and shit? Well, I mean, Popeye they don't got money. To get his fucking game together. They ain't
0: got no fucking money. Everyone was poor about that, Why don't that, you man? punch a
1: fish and sell it with your fucking muscles, you fucking deadbeat? <laughs> go raise some.
0: I got my title, yo. That was a pretty good Popeye, I thought, wasn't that? There you go. This is
1: DCFS coming by, being like, so your kid sleeps in a towel?
0: Well, that's like one thing I did like about Gangs of New York. I think it really did capture the poverty pretty well. Like uh, the the whole moral argument, you're immoral when you do those things. Listen, you know, a lot of people, they don't got anything. They're doing property crimes. I mean, there are, you know, there are obviously people who are awful people who are just sadistic and are broken and should be in prison. But I mean. Isn't the dude
1: named Bill the Butcher in that? In Gangs of New York?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. William Cutting the butcher and he's really good with a knife and the knife was the, the was the weapon of choice because guns i think hadn't quite been i'm an perfected. oil man oh wrong character yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm an oil-
1: <laughs> then he starts being retarded like in my left foot
0: <laughs> well that was one of the jokes i wrote i said yeah i watched the theory of everything the, als in my left foot, the, right? the, the, the the Stephen hawking movie i watched <clears throat> that you know one of the things i did i it was a theory of everything or as i call it my left physicist
1: but that, that's you know, fucking great you know that's i think it's a, a good a, joke you know
0: thank you i appreciate that keith i seriously i do because i told that on joke. my zoom a couple weeks ago and it got shot down immediately what zoom but I, I i'd like a zoom thing with cj and like nick well, because
1: they're gonna guys. get on you for bringing up anything that's no one ain't well, we, we
0: were all going through our jokes here's <laughs> where i'll say
1: i like that joke but it won't work on stage because no one knows what my left foot is well exactly it's too old the reference is too old you know, and so there's other tarred movies. There's I, that Stephen Hawking movie that came out.
0: Well, that, that's what I'm saying. I watched the Stephen Hawking movie, or as I call it, my left physicist.
1: Do you know what's a funny? Cause, cause he's I, just acting. Like I told to Lewis James and Webb, my Left. What? what if, what if Stephen Hawking was dead for 30 years and they just had his corpse on a fucking thing. <laughs> and, just <had> his voice <laughs> and, and that the was just, and that was a, that was a team of scientists. Just yeah. speaking through a computer. Anytime they'd ask them a question, they have you, a wire with uh, yes, a team of scientists.
0: I'm going to be canceled because I groped one of my helpers. Mm, yeah, yeah,
1: they yeah. weekend at Bernie fucking Hawking. <laughs>
0: Hawking? <laughs> okay, just record everything in the 70s when you die in 84. You I know, made or, a
1: meme of <laughs> Stephen Hawking's face and the wheelchair with like one of his intellectual quotes that he typed. Yeah. And I sent it to James Webb and underneath it, it says no way this tard said that. <laughs> that's pretty, uh, yeah, that's, that's punk rock. Buddy. See, that's a joke that'll work nowadays. I,
0: I think I also, you got to say tard a lot. Tard. Yeah. It, uh, I also, the joke too, I, I posted, I did it on Twitter and I got like two likes. It was, Hey ladies, I tested negative for Corona. But I'm still HIV positive. Look, oh, here's bad. olive
1: oil trying to escape to a new life. She's just like, look, I don't even care. I'll hide leave behind poles. I'll leave her beautiful because she's so real thin. Yep. I'll hide from Popeye because he beats me, and he <sighs> losing your Margot Kidder lost her mind.
0: Margot oh, Kidder lost, and Margo Kidder was
1: a, a leading. Lead. She also ended up talking like fucking. Hey,
0: what, what's going on, everybody? Yeah. Well, because she always she always had a, a deep voice. I'm sure she smoked.
1: <clears throat> you know who else got disgusting? I I don't mean it in a bad way. I'm just saying versus what she should be. Fucking Kathleen Turner, the chick who did the voice of fucking, she, the future beat her up to death.
0: Yeah, because I remember she was like a sex symbol at one time. Because not only does she
1: got like the deep, she talks like this now, but she's like, she really put the pack, the pounds on. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, she's, you know, she's in her late 60s You know what movie
1: that's super popular that I've never seen but people love is Romancing the Stone. Never saw it. Never saw it. But I mean, she's in it. She's like the big love interest. She's
0: she's in Serial
1: Mom, John Waters' movie. Serial Mom is great, is, but that's even her starting to get into the oh, yeah. grandma oh, looking oh, oh,
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was like her last attempt at being a leading lady. You know, that was John Waters saying, oh, i get Kathleen Turner. She's good. I like Serial Mom. Serial you know, Mom's hilarious. Sam Watterson's hilarious in it. You know, it's I saw that the day before I ever did stand-up. I saw it on April 16th, 1994, and then did stand-up the next day. So with my friend Lisa Broderick, who I'm still friends with. It was go. a romantic tension. Positive
1: between us. female relationships.
0: Uh, you know, it's 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 a I it's a good when you have female song? friends, man. It's a good thing to have. He needs me,
1: he needs me, he needs oh, Shelley me. Oh, Shelly Duvall is terrible at singing.
0: And, and and this is from fucking this was uh, from Punch Drunk Love. Remember? This was the So they got it from that. Paul T Tien- he took it from that. Ooh. Oh, that Punch Drunk Love song. Yeah, this is this is the song that he took it from that and put it in that. You know what I mean? Like it or took it and they made it. They made
1: it all indie songy and the, well,
0: that 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 chorus. He needs me. He needs me, that. They did that in uh, this. That chorus is in when Emily Watson's character first meets Adam Sandler. There's a romantic tension because they're in detached
1: LA. It's a great movie. How does
0: romance happen,
1: man? When you're detached? Well, in LA? I don't know if you knew this, but. It's dating's hard in L.A. Well, especially now.
0: I don't know. I mean, it's not even like thought. of. My favorite thing
1: is when you go to a show or a mic and someone goes, God, I know all these comics talk about like dating in L.A. It's so hack. But like, I've really been dating in L.A. (laughs) Like they make it seem like these other people are just talking about it. But I've actually just been like they'll they'll. They'll almost apologize for what they're about to do. It's just like, I know every comic talks about this, but I literally just got broken up, so I'm gonna have to be well,
0: say, I mean, just tell what you think is funny. You know, I mean the whole oh, or the you can just say
1: moment. you don't have to lead with like, oh, I was on a date in L. A. Just say I was on a date. I was on a date with this girl and this yeah. fucking weird thing happened.
0: Exactly. Doesn't you don't have to ground it in L. A. and say, no, this is my experience with dating.
1: Everybody dates in cities. Yep. Absolutely. Dating in a city is hard. Yep. God, do you
0: know how many bad first dates I've had in Chicago? I I had some of the worst first dates. Of my, first dates are horrific. Don't ever force it. You know when someone's a to you. Was our first date you.
1: dope, babe? I mean, we got ice cream on our first date. We got ice cream, and then we went no. to we went to tasty and then we went to Revolution Brew. Oh. And she drank rosé, and I drank nothing because I don't drink. <laughs> you had a water. I had water. <laughs> Which I knew that was that she liked me because I've been on dates with girls who don't like that I don't drink. Like they feel, yeah. I think they feel like that. Self-conscious. I'm- Self conscious if or they, they drink. feel or they feel like that I'm date raping them. That like, what if we hook up and I'm all hammered and God, you're I sober? I hope
0: they're not thinking that. Jesus Christ, ugh, that's a dark thought to go to. I hope they don't think that way, but I, I you know, you wonder about that. I. That's I, I'd be like, no, don't worry, I'm on drugs. I, I, I've, <laughs> had, <laughs> I'm not sober. I think I've had like 32 shitty first dates. A lot of just bad. You don't just. They don't even date. You just. You kind of like someone, or they like you, and you say, "Let's just get together." It's not even. You don't even think it in that context. You just like, and then eventually it unfolds. You sort of know. Yes, I like this person. They like me. You can tell. Don't force it. God, if I can go back to my younger self, don't force
1: Here's it. Here's Popeye writing a letter to the and unemployment also,
0: know office. And also, no one, no one when someone's attracted to you, uh, re- react to that. You got to react to it because sometimes that vibe, you get it. You got to hit it right away. Not hit it like in the sexual sense, but just like. Ride that vibe wave. Listen, I got to get back in the game, okay? (laughs) I got to go back into the recesses of my memory to get my Mac going again because when this whole thing lifts, man, I'm going to go out and just slay so much tail.
1: Can I also say something about Popeye so far? Yeah. Nothing, you can't have this light, this bright world, this crazy animated world, and it's all just been like a character drama. Yeah, yeah. Even the song they just sang was a sad, he fucking... Yeah like indie ooh, olive oil doesn't love me and like the dcfs has taken the kid away he's throwing a message in a bottle probably trying to get a job That's i job used to be really into that
0: idea when i was a kid like putting a message in a bottle i used to think that was really and kind of an getting interesting... and it
1: going to the nearest sanitation plant yeah
0: <laughs> you know i'm thinking like oh you're gonna have a communication with someone who lives in a different part of the world hey, hey dale
1: some queer <laughs> wrote a note and put it in a bottle
0: listen to this one that, that'd be a funny sketch like like, oh Danny, like you you like a five year old kid. You want to do a message about, Okay, who is it? I'm gonna write my deepest feelings, yeah. Danny, and puts it in like some like a couple of old like someone just named fat Carl. dudes. Yeah, or a guy named Sal. Look at this one, man. Come on over and <laughs> they're reading it. Listen to this little I'm shit Commodore, of course. That would that would be hilarious. Yeah, this whole world that they they film this at an island in Italy.
1: That's another hack premise, is that like the idea that everybody was attracted to olive oil <laughs> that like she, she was the
0: love interest? Yeah,
1: oh, your flat ass. Was, still? <laughs>
0: who are you talking uh, to? What did you say about That's TV? Paul I Dooley. He was the father in uh, Breaking Away. Yeah, the world felt so rickety there, too. Like, it was all just going to fall apart, I well, guess. Well,
1: yeah, because the set was probably cost $30. <laughs> I,
0: I bet you. I bet you. The set cost a little money. They had to put it Probably together. Probably was just
1: like Shelly. It literally can't hold both of us. I mean, this look is... at this.
0: All that interior design. I mean, they had to do a lot of work on this. I mean, there was work gathering this. stuff. Yeah. absolutely. There was putting it together. You know.
1: I bet you. When Spielberg wanted to make Hook, they were just like, dude, we've we've got experience with the pirate ship looking town, and it's not. <laughs> I don't know. I don't Steven. know if it's easy to
0: pull off. Yeah, that's a good point. What's a good? Pi- I guess Pirates of the Caribbean is the best. Pirate. Oh, they took it off. Yeah. Well, I mean, Pirates what, uh,
1: of the Caribbean didn't have to. Hook at least had to be a Peter Pan movie. But like Pirates of the Caribbean was a ride before. Like literally all Pirates of the Caribbean is, is you're on a virtual boat. Yeah. And they sing a song about how the pirate's life for me. You know, it's funny though. And this is a Mikey Manker tidbit. He worked at Disney. So there's the Hall of Presidents at Disney. Yeah. And when there's an election year, they'll have the two nominees. They'll make like a separate wing for the two nominees. And I guess whoever gets whatever puppet is the losing nominee gets remade and put in pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> so there's a Hillary Clinton puppet somewhere on a pirate ship. That's pretty funny. In pirates of the Caribbean. That's Pretty funny.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Of course, you know, cause they still want to still use it, you know, yeah. recycle it pirates of the Caribbean, man. When I was a kid, pirates of the Caribbean was, uh, I was into that as a kid. I was—I remember I got a little musket and a little eye patch when I was like seven years old. God, going to Disney at seven, that when I think about the best time, 11 was pretty good too. That's seven the one and fashion
1: trend that never made its way to real life. The the eye patch? Dressing like a pirate. Yeah. Because <laughs> you well, have to be know. dirty. You know, it's... You know. Well, there's pirate-ish things. There's a lot of yes. dudes who wear jewelry and rings and shit like that. Yeah, you know. And like feather boas and stuff like that. But as far as like... Laced shirts and yeah. like the bell-bottom type pants with this with the boots and shit. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, yeah, those sort of your Captain Hook boots. Exactly, and like Was they it wore. Makeup? It
1: seems like they wore makeup and eyeliner and shit. <laughs>
0: well, that's how they. That's your Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, like, pirates <laughs> in real life were filthy parts. gangsters, of course. That they, they were seafaring criminals. They probably smelled you know? like trash. Oh, and think of like I mean, and just like uh, I mean, going into port and like you know, like just like you yeah, having like dirty sex and shit. They and like were probably towns. homeless people. Oh, 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 I mean, yeah. It I mean, was just yeah. like
1: like those people. Yeah. We have we're infested with pirates. You have a chance of making a
0: few bucks. Why not do it? You know I mean? It, it's not a career. Like, this is your option. Like, like, I think you kind of, a, a lot of African, like, freed slaves. Uh, and a lot of, I think, and also, like, slaves. And they went free men in the north. We're in, like, the uh, whaling business and stuff. That's, that being said,
1: I, I think it'd be fantastic if I walked outside one day and a homeless person had built a pirate ship <laughs> on the lagoon at MacArthur Park and just started <laughs> pillaging shit. Yeah,
0: Uh, that's his father. That's Roy Walston.
1: Pillaging these soap a tents. Yeah, yeah. For all their wares. See, and this is the thing, too. Popeye cartoons are like two and a half minutes long.
0: I know. They've sprung this out into two hours.
1: Yeah. We're at two hours recording, and this movie's not over yet.
0: Yeah, I know. It's It's crazy. It's fucking wild. Wow. Yeah, no wonder this didn't go anywhere. I remember seeing this and not really getting it. it, it my, my attention couldn't pay. It's for.
1: not exciting. There needs to be more explosions. Like they haven't left the area. Go somewhere. Well, it's just
0: it, it's again it's a character driven. Like, it's their acting together. That that's that, that that's his father. That's Roy Walston, the guy who was in the Sting. He played Mister Hand in Fast Times at Richmond High. He did. You know, yeah, he's. I mean, he was also of Mice and Men.
1: You nerd.
0: You know, he's no, he's good. He's, he's good. that
1: guy. No, he's the guy that he's great. In Sting, he's the guy man. that Spicoli calls a nerd. Uh, no, he calls him a, d- you a dick. dick. Oh, here's what you, dick. you know. Why I say that? Because the first time I ever saw Fast Times at Ridgemont High, it was on it was Comedy Central, out. and that's the that's the censorship.
0: God, you nerd! No, you could, yeah, he's like you dick. I remember that, that was like a fun, uh, again of that era of movie. That was definitely the high watermark because Cameron Crowe wrote it, obviously. So it's going well, to have one a directed soul. it. Yeah, yeah. So it, it had we a watched real. watched
1: Clueless the other last night. Was, was it still kind of funny? Oh, Clueless is great, dude. I saw Clueless in the the theater.
0: Yeah, yeah. I saw Clueless in the theater.
1: I actually liked it in the theater. I did. Also, I get all the L.A. references now, man. (laughs) Yeah, of course, man. (laughs) I remember as a kid when they go to the party in the valley and she's talking to her dad and a helicopter is just like hung over the place with the light. I remember thinking like, why is that? What's that about? And then living in L.A., you know, like, yeah especially out in the valley like you hear helicopters all the time.
0: Yeah, I hear helicopters that's the one thing in my neighborhood. For during do. this
1: podcast probably.
0: Oh, oh, in yeah, in my in the the Arroyo I live near cuz we're right next to a hospital, children's hospital. They they're they're bringing people into that a lot. They're doing a lot of medevacking. You know, so you hear you hear that Oh yeah, you get the big
1: like guard, the National Guard helicopter. Oh well, yeah, because they got to
0: come in with you know people under emergency situations. The copters, the copters that took when, when, when Kobe you're down. getting flown in, when you're getting flown in a helicopter, you're almost at death's. You're at death's door. <laughs> yeah, you're in faith. You're yeah. in faith's hands. Yeah, it's it's sort of yeah. It, you know, it's. You
2: just get police
0: choppers. Yeah. Yeah. That's always a sign, too. I used to get a lot of police choppers. That's always the, you're in the neighborhood that's turning. <laughs> it's turning.
1: Dude, a high-speed chase ended over here.
0: It was great. I almost wanted to go and like. You'll get that shit out here sometimes, man. You'll get that.
1: You I know? almost wanted to go and find the guy and be like, that was dope. Yeah. You
0: got away. No, he no, didn't Of course he didn't know man. They they're, they're, they're going to get your ass. It's going to be a work. They're going to have to work for He it, went but from South
1: LA. You. He went from South LA, which is just south of downtown. Yeah. And he he went to a parking garage just by the Hayworth Theater here around the corner. Yeah. And then they he left the parking structure and the all the news and like hel- police helicopters were circling this area. Yeah. And then he got somewhere but I would imagine they found him later.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's
1: That'll happen. It's pretty great, though. Yeah, it's, I mean, it was just great having to admit that they lost them on live television.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the cops lost. They their literally man.
1: were just like the police have to give up. They yeah,
0: were. yeah, you can do that out here. You can outrun the cops on occasion, but your ass is going to get caught eventually.
1: Oh, you have to. It's the thing. Yeah, it's this, your ass is going to. You get have caught. to make this choice. Is outrunning the cops worth leaving Los Angeles? Yeah. Like, you basically yeah. have to go to a part of the city that's unincorporated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Move away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like,
1: is stealing this car and getting away from the cops worth having yeah. to move to Fontana, California? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: man. God, there's some nasty Or towns Pomona. Right they here. probably yeah. go to Pomona. Yeah, exactly. That's where yeah, the, the San fair Gabriel. is. Yeah. San Gabriel Valley. Exactly.
1: Where That's, that's where that Gabriel Fernandez kid was, was murked off. Ooh. That's man. where they go you watch that documentary oh yeah
0: you know i did not actually i heard it was uh cj had good things about it i've said good things about it. yeah what, what, what's it's a romp isn't it about when you say romp what do you mean it's a
1: <laughs> no it's about a fucking child who was slowly tortured and burned and beaten to death and like dcfs parents. just like totally oh fucked it's up a and failure it. on, on the oh, just system a bureaucratic from the bottom level up. of just like like yeah. the They had, there were so many times the cops went to this kid's house he, yeah. he would tell his teachers like my mom burns me with cigarettes and she punches me in the face Ugh. and child protective services did nothing. They basically say that it's it's a breakdown of the relationship between the police and child protective services that everybody just That's kind, of, kind of the fundamental core people that, just yeah. when when police get these situations, they just kind of throw it to child protective services and assume like, well, that you're going to fix yeah, it yeah. and they need to work with each other. Yep. So this kid just kind of fell through the cracks of yeah. like a broken system. Yeah.
0: Oh. Oh six months. And then So they, they got a systemic problem. happened in the same area. And, and, and the then fo- the there's, sh- th- there's a the valley, yeah. there's a third. Yeah, Analo Valley is supposed to be kind of nasty, I heard. I heard it's pretty nasty yes. out there. Not good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now there's
1: three dead kids at the hands of their parents. That DCFS did not. And then after yeah. Gabriel Fernandez, so Gabriel Fernandez dies. And the his mom and his mom and stepdad go to court, and like it becomes a death penalty. The documentary becomes like a big death penalty huh, thing. Like, should man. these people get the death penalty? Yeah. And then while that's going on, another kid dies. Yeah. From their parents neglecting them and beating the shit out of them. Yeah, that's the third. One. Yeah, that's Think the of their lives,
0: man. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just I'm I. I, I feel lucky, even though was as fucked up as my family was, it was pretty good compared to a lot of people's. I mean, I I I, I give my mom credit because she broke the cycle of abuse in her family. She was able to break the cycle of getting because she got knocked around. Yeah. And I think that, that that says something about you. You know, because I think most people at least repeat it, right? I mean, that's what they're used to doing. Yeah. You know, because Popeye I, I in the deal- Antelope
1: Valley just be like, <laughs> when when my dad eats <laughs> his <laughs> spinach, <laughs> I
0: got it. They're after my kid. Yeah, that's his voice. He sounds like he is like gargling. You sound like
1: you're making the noise that's like signifying a boner.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's like one of those door stops. You know, this scene on you, it
1: very much looks like he's got his dad tied up and he's about to slit his throat with the top of this spinach can. Well, because
0: this is the this is the plot. I, I didn't realize it was Roy Walston. Yeah, he was. Good. Have you ever seen *A Mice and Men*? The Gary Sinise, John Malkovich. Yes, one?
1: I did not like it. I had to watch it in high school, and I found it arduous really? and very boring. It's sad as hell. He's gonna shoot
0: his best friend. Well, and
1: I know. Check this out. So, as a project, when, after we read of *Mice and Men*, one of the projects was we had to have a court case of like George on trial for murder. I got him off, dog. <laughs> I got him off as like a, a with the theory that he was he was really putting him down cuz the people chasing him were about to beat him to death well they were going to
0: kill him they were essentially him. He, he had, it was a mercy killing he
1: put him out of his misery yeah yeah absolutely and, and i got i got my whole class who was the, it was me me and another student and the whole class was the jury and i won i got him to well, get Well, that's George the reason off. why
0: because yeah it, it was a mercy killing you know it's it's like it was something you had ooh, having to make that that's a hard choice <laughs> that's the one thing about Waco. They they basically kind of I mean they they kill each other you know a guy shoots Koresh in the head then he shoots himself it's like wow wow I mean it, it, it was a it gave a complexity and a texture to it that it was looks like interesting. this is great
1: it looks like Bluto's taking olive oil and they're cheering get her away from here get her away from Popeye he's a monster and then the dad's like no she's gotta go we gotta give her a better life you're not gonna fuck up her world like you fucked up our world Popeye exactly and he's just like no but I won't do heroin again Pop. <laughs> my big forearms It's it actually is spinach <laughs>
0: Well, dude, I tell you what, I'm starting to get a little talkered out.
1: And man. now he's asking everybody, do you got a quarter? Do you got a quarter? Do you got a quarter?
0: <laughs> yeah, because they're, they're going on a boat
1: yeah. doing I mean, a tour. Bluto's gonna rip the baby's head off and just throw it into the fucking thing.
0: Oh god. I'm gonna fuck you know, your wife, Papa. <laughs> We're gonna end on that. Wow.
1: <laughs> okay. Does he, is this one does he eat spinach and save her? Is that like I how think this it's,
0: ends? I, I don't and, and then Bluto swims away yellow. He he changes color and swims away in the bay yellow. That's how it ends.
1: Okay. Oh, because he pees, probably. He's probably well, uh, peeing No, his no, pants. It, it is. He's he's, he's, a he's he's
0: afraid. He's yellow. Yeah, you know. All right. well, I'll repeat her <laughs> I, 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 I love it when. Every once in a while, Monty would talk about it, like when he get into a, when he would get into fights when he was younger. He'd be like, and this guy was yellow. He was yellow. He was afraid of me. It's like, well, yeah, because <laughs> you can, you've literally been in like a hundred yeah. fights. You can eat like,
1: an you can eat an omelet in one <laughs> bite.
0: I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I'm Peter Knock, right, dude. Well, but good well, thanks one. for listening, guys. Thank you for uh, listening. We'll be always back always appreciate week. that. See ya. Yep. What is it, Gibraltar or something?